For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond. So where's the office back at Division? In the office, baby. Going up. And here we go. Welcome in to another edition of Rothman and Ice. I'm Matty Ice. Across the way from me right ahead is my man CB doing his thing on the board per usual. And to my left, he's back again, giving us some innings out of that bullpen door. Dave Biddle, Bucknuts, right here on the fan on the money. Does a great job with Scotty Vegas rocking out and getting all your betting situations together. Bids, we made it to a freaky Friday. How you feeling, my man? I'm feeling good. I mean, I feel bad for you. You're stuck with me for another day, Iceman, and uh, hopefully our guy, Anthony Rothman, feels better. You know he's hurting if he's uh, missing two straight days, and especially when there's Blue Jacket news. But um, yeah, um, I'm doing well. As you said, we've made it to Friday. It's going to be a fun show, and always good to host with you, man. Appreciate that, man. No, I'm not stuck with you. You know, I, I get to uh, to vent to you about all my Reds frustration and all of my <laughs> crazy ideas when it comes to, my, to the Reds, you know, throughout the breaks and all of those things. You... Myself, Ryan Baker, we were just going back and forth about the pitching and all that because technically baseball season has arrived. I know our Buckeye baseball brothers are playing in about three hours out in the desert. So we'll wish them well as we get that rolling. We got a nice show on deck for you guys today. We will go back into the Blue Jackets world at the bottom of this hour with Bob McGilligan, radio voice. Of your jackets, we have at 1248, overs and unders, 120, we do it every Friday. We'll put some guys on the pressure list, and at 233, we'll talk to Keith Smith from the NBA front office show just about the first half of the season, and we will talk about the Cavs, and All-Star Weekend has arrived, and honestly, Bids, All-Star Weekend ain't too far from where we are right now. It's right around the corner in Indianapolis, so that was something I was always excited about as a kid. Now for me, and I'm a diehard NBA fan, it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm in wait and see mode with what they have to offer because the, the biggest part of it, at least for me growing up, was watching the stars of the league jump to the sky and do creative things in the slam dunk contest. And we've lost a little bit of that vibe or actually a lot of bit of that vibe. So I'm going to tap in this weekend, but I don't have high expectations at all for what I'm going to see specifically when it comes to the dunk contest. Yeah, I co-sign that 100%. Like, I, I'm the exact same way. Like, I loved it when I was a kid. I'm going to show my age here a little bit. But, going, you know, starting out the weekend, seeing Michael Jordan versus Dominique Wilkins in the slam dunk contest, we're talking multiple years in a row, too. Um, and you could argue, even I was a huge Jordan guy, you could argue, like, Dominique might have got screwed in one of those. But uh, it was just so much fun. As you mentioned, the superstars of the game, the best uh, players um, that also were high flyers uh, were participating. And then the game itself was must for me, was must-see TV. Yeah, and now, man, I, I'm pretty much checked out. 
You, you might even be more into it than I am. I'll watch it, you know, bits and pieces, and it depends on who's in the slam dunk contest. But, man, I've gone from that being one of my favorite things to I'm usually pretty checked out of NBA All-Star Weekend. Do not blame you at all. Speaking of favorite things, today is one of my favorite days because on the calendar bids, I found out this morning that it's National Almond Day. And you know, for years, that has been a staple for me. CB made me aware of this a couple days ago when I found it today on the calendar. So I got a nice little tin of almonds and cranberries and trail mix right here next to me. But I wanted, I brought this up because I wanted to ask you this. I give you one snack and one snack only for the remainder of your lifetime on this surf. What would that snack be for Dave Biddle? I've always been a potato chip guy. Okay. It'd be something in the potato chip realm. Um, but I like, I like almonds. Where you and I are uh, congruent on that for sure. I like me some roasted and salted almonds. Oh, okay. Um, and I know we like the same brand too. Yeah, and I'm, 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 yeah, okay. Diet. All right. We, I guess we can't give them for yet. Listen, First I've been doing all, it for years. They, they should. Well, you, they should like have you as a sponsor. But anyway, I digress. But like. <laughs> I would go potato chips okay. and maybe some, maybe like a barbecue. I have to think about the flavor. Maybe just straight up just potato chips. I'd have to go with that. But what about you, sir? I am you going to go with, no, I'm okay. not going to go with almonds. I love my almonds, but they're going to get left behind. I am going with the combination of tortilla chips, salsa, and queso. That trio right there, Ooh, get, I can rock out with that Ooh, I like it. for the rest of my life because I can get di- different variations of salsa. I can get a couple different versions of queso. So there's some flexibility within that realm of snacking for me. So I'm going chips, salsa, and queso. You just raised the stakes here. If we're, if we're including anything I can dip in cheese... Oh boy, yeah. I might have to go with I might have to go with nachos. Just yeah, the yeah. traditional, you know, just yeah. tra- the traditional chips and 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 cheese with some with a few jalapenos and a lot of times they put too many jalapenos. Well, maybe people are like I love all the jalapenos. I just need a few jalapenos, <laughs> but I need a lot of sauce. Yeah. Give me some double sauce. Mm-hmm. Oh, I might change that to um to nachos yeah. now that I think See? about it. But but potato chips though, I, I love Can't those go too. Wrong. Can okay. I go wrong? this is this is now I'm hungry and we've got oh, that's uh, what we do. just less than three hours of show left. So thank you, Maddie. What's up? What CB? about the uh chocolate covered potato chip? Now, see, I haven't explored that, CB. You got to put me up on game with that. I have no idea what we're doing with that. I see the vision. I do. Now, maybe seeing it with one eye because I do like the salty and sweet combination. Because as a kid, I love when I had frosted flakes and like sausage or bacon in the morning. That was always great for me. But CB, you're telling me I'm sleep on this. This is something you deal with a lot. Well, I did get it for Valentine's Day. It's oh. uh, it's a very nice little treat. Oh, okay. you're welcome. By the way. No, but seriously, stuff like that, I, I it's sad. I, I, you know, I have stopped thinking, oh, I bet I wouldn't like that because that, that's happened to me like, I think 20 times. Like, that doesn't sound good. And then I taste it. I'm like, okay, it might not be my go to, but it actually tastes good. For example, um, I had to do some ad reads for a uh, national nuts and uh, candy company. And one of the things they sent me was, and my kids liked it. And I was like, I, I can't believe this is a thing, was chocolate covered gummy bears and chocolate covered gummy worms. And I'm like, I, again, I'm not going to like this. I like gummy worms and I like, uh, you know, yeah. chocolate, but I'm not going to like this. Very good, by the way. So I bet this, this that doesn't sound good to, to me at all. Mm-hmm. Like chocolate covered potato chips. I'm sure it's good. And usually when things like that pop up bids, I like to say, you know, they'll probably sound and taste a lot better when it's between 1 and 3 a.m. You know what I'm saying? When you're maybe a little late night snacking or coming back from somewhere <laughs> with the boys or something like that. That probably sounds a little bit better there. Hey, some interesting news off the top coming out of the NFL involving Jim. Jimmy Garoppolo. It looks like he's been suspended 
for two games for using prescribed medication um, that is not allowed, obviously, in the NFL. So something to monitor there. Jimmy G was out of sight, out of mind, but that literally broke right when we were coming on. And I know the Raiders will be an interesting team with the new head coach and Antonio Pierce and all of that. But, yeah, just wanted to bring that up. Some uh, interesting news that I, I think we will get more details on, but that's just what I have at the moment, that Jimmy G sitting down for at least two games next year. I'm, I'm curious what the Raiders are going to do. Are they going to go with – I'm sure they're going to bring somebody in, Like, but – do they? How do they feel about Aiden O'Connell uh, from Purdue, their fourth yeah. round pick, who like at times like looked decent? And you never know. I mean, look at some of the late round quarterbacks that uh, ended up making that. I'm not just talking about the goat, but look at Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant. So, I mean, they took Aiden O'Connell. I know it's a different regime in the fourth round. He played a lot as a rookie. They got to bring somebody else in. Are they going to keep Garoppolo? I mean, I don't know, man. At this point, mm. I mean, Jimmy's no better than. A solid backup? Is that fair to say? Feels feels appropriate. Feels yeah. appropriate. I'm also interested to see how uh, one Devontae Adams feels about all that situation out there in Las <laughs> Vegas because what he was promised, at least on the field, is no longer intact. The man's financials are going to be okay, and that's the be- a pretty good city to live in when you uh, you got a lot of money, right? But Devontae Adams is going to be a big factor in all of this. Yesterday, we had the breaking news with the Yarmo Kekalining firing. What we didn't have was player reaction. We have some sound for you now, CB. Let's start with Boone Jenner, the captain, on uh, his reaction to the parting of ways. It's a tough day. Um, you ask anybody in our room, and we found out this morning. And had a meeting about it. It's a tough day, obviously. The spot we're in, um, not where we want to be. Things like this happen, and it's it's unfortunate. We all take responsibility. I mean, Yarmo put, uh, you know, they're drafted, traded, signed, uh, everyone in that room, and you know, we're all in there and, you know, we take responsibility for it too and where we are as a team, but obviously just want to, you know, thank him for uh, the you know relationship and the work over the last, you know, 11 years since I've been here. I've been with him and been through ups and downs with him. So it's a tough day. And for us uh, as leaders, we just um, need to get back on track with our, what we need to do as a team and uh, make sure the team's there going in the right direction. And uh, we've had some ups and downs where, you know, we need to come together as a group, stick together. Let's go to Sean Corrali, and here he is on the account- accountability side of things from the players. I think you realize that uh, after you're in this league for a while that there's really no game to take off, a period to take off. It's just there's always you know steps to take and, and to move forward. And you've got 30 games that you can't take you can't take a period for granted in this league. Um, there's just so many other people chomping at the bit to be where we are. That um, I mean I don't I don't I hope that's not you know, crossing, crossing minds. Cause I think, uh, it's pretty apparent that, um, in this league, there's so much competition that if you're taking, not taking steps forward, uh, you're going to be in trouble. And as a group, we've got to take step forward. We've got to take steps forward. Um, you've got teams that get to play long seasons and be together for longer than, than we'll be able to be together the past couple of years. So you almost have to expedite the time you are together, uh, to move forward. And as a team, whether it's on ice, off ice, so we've got a lot of work to do. So we know the postseason is not going to be a thing. They're in the basement of the Eastern Conference this year. I mean, you and I talked a ton about this yesterday, and this is more, I think, at least for me, when it comes to finding excitement in all of this, is just the future and what that's going to hold. Um, when we talk about the flexibility that this team may have because of the cap space that's on deck, there's some interesting, you know, re- restricted free agent names that are out there with the Johnsons and the Cylinders and, you know, the Marchenkos and those guys. So we shall see what comes of all of that. But now moving forward, at least for the, the remainder of this season, Biz, you know, these guys are not going to lay down. They're going to go out there and grind. Uh, but I think it's all about this front office just identifying who the core is going to be moving forward in the coming years. 
Yeah, I think they have 30 games left exactly. This season, the rest of the season is all about the young core playing well, growing, and staying healthy. You don't want one of these guys suffering like a serious injury where that's going to affect his offseason, even if he might be healthy for the start of next year. So you want your young core, uh, once they get Fantilli back, for example, um, to continue to grow. Build some confidence going into next year, and then, as you said, man, it's on the it's on the front office. They have a lot to do. Uh, they got to hire a GM. I mean, they got to find a goalie. Um, there's holes on this team, but you know, uh, you know, one thing I, I like that JD said that you know I agree with is that um, this is going to be an attractive job for you know prospective GMs out there because you're not starting from scratch. You're getting you know a host of young talented players, and uh, and they're going to have another high pick this year. So you know I. I still don't think by I don't think it's reasonable to think they'd be in the playoffs next year. Although with the right head coach, who knows? Maybe they'd sneak in. But I think two years from now, with this young core, you get the right head coach, um, you get the right GM. Um, I think in two years the Blue Jackets could be uh, somewhat of a problem. Bottom of the hour, we'll talk more Jackets with Bob McGilligan, radio voice for the CBJ. But when we come back, one player that plays NFL football in the state of Ohio found out about a rumor when it comes to his future in the NFL and this specific team. We'll give you his reaction and talk about that specific unit for that team when we come back. It's Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan. Common Man has spent the past 18 years telling you how much he hates people. And yes, that probably means you too. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays at 3. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This, this is Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond. Oh, welcome back in. Matty Ice, Dave Biddle in for AR again today. Happy Friday to all of you. We always appreciate your time. Hopefully you have an enjoyable, fun, relaxing weekend on deck. Bottom of the hour, we'll talk to Bob McGilligan, radio voice for the CBJ, about all things happening with them right now, Bids. We're going to talk about your football team in the NFL. You got that beautiful Bengals hoodie on today. Looks really good, man. You guys got some strong colors, you know, outside of CB's team in the division. I think everybody else is doing all right colors. <laughs> but we'll, we'll leave that alone for now. But as you know, we, your team has some interesting decisions um, that are on deck, specifically in that wide receiver room. I think one of those will take care of themselves very easily when it comes to Jamar Chase. They're not going to mess around with that. You know you're paying them as one of the top two, three, number one wide receivers in the sport. So you'll just, well, I think everybody can move on from that. The Higgins thing has a chance to get interesting if he pushes back on the franchise tag and maybe puts them in the corner of, hey, we might have to think about a tag and trade deal. But I think when we get to game number one, I think those three guys will be out there meeting Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins, and then that's going to be an absolute problem for defenses to deal with. What we don't know, Bids, is what's going to happen with the running back room. And Jay Morrison, friend of the program, I think he does a really good job of covering the Bengals for the Pro Football Network, reported yesterday that the expectation is that Joe Mixon will not be back 
next year. Joe Mixon found this tweet online and clapped back and, and said, LMAO, y'all said this last year too with the palm faced, you know, emoji, crying emoji and said, that's clown behavior. From the player's perspective, I understand he's technically right in what unfolded last year because that was a big talking point of whether or not he was even going to be on the team last year. And then we got the financials that took care of themselves and he was on the team. I want to ask you this. As a Bengal fan, are you ready to move on from number 28? I am for sure. And I, I got the feeling that they were going to. I mean, certainly he would have to take, and he did this last year. And and I will say he is right. As you said, like, say what you want. Like, he is right. A lot of people were saying, like, he was going to get cut last year. Um, and he had, went on and had, had a pretty solid year, over a thousand rushing yards. It was also good out of the backfield receiving. Still is not good in pass pro. But, uh, yeah, I think unless he takes a big pay cut, um, I think they will part ways. And, um, you know, he, again, though, he took a pay cut last year, so maybe he will again. But with Chase Brown looking good as a fifth round pick, they can get another running back, uh, in the draft this year. I'm not saying in the first round or the second round or anything like that, but another, you know, maybe late second day pick or like a fourth round guy or even a fifth round guy like Chase Brown. Um, maybe bring a veteran in, um, save a little money there. Um, so we'll see what happens, but yeah, it does feel like this, uh, this past season was the last year in stripes for Mr. Joe Mixon. It felt to me that Joe Mixon slid into the Ezekiel Elliott role and what we saw in Dallas with his last year in Dallas, meaning there was a role for him and he could be a little bit of that hammer at the goal line. But to me and to my eyes, Joe Mixon doesn't have a lot of wiggle to his game anymore. Like he's not making a lot of dudes miss. And in the league now where these offensive coordinators are drawing up all these plays to get guys in space more times than not, you got to do your part as a, you know, as a running back to make that one guy miss because you look at, you know, some of the productivity the last couple months of the season and in November, December, his yards per carry slipped to 3.4 and 3.7. I'm with you on Chase Brown. There's something there. There's more life there. There's juice there. I don't believe that it would be smart, and I don't think that's probably in their minds to go down the road of some of these big-name free agent running backs. They probably can't afford them because of what we mentioned off the top with the receiver position. So I don't think Bengal fans should be getting their hopes up for a Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, like Eckler. I don't think you need to be in that class. No. But to your point, do you mess around and try to throw a decent bag at a DeAndre Swift? He may be one of those running backs that doesn't provide uh, or, uh, you know, demand a bunch of money. There's Gus Edwards available, a guy that you're familiar with within a division. We'll see if Baltimore wants to bring him back. I like your option even better, though. Let's go to the draft. Go find a guy later in the draft that you can pair with Chase Brown that maybe is it the same style of running back, some that some guy that, that maybe can do some different things for you. Because when you have Joe Burrow, there's going to be so much on his right arm. I mean, you go back to 2022, and this guy finished fifth in the league in passing yards, and the Bengals, as an offen- offense, finished seventh in the league in attempts. So when that, when that trio of playmakers is together, that's what's going to make the money, meaning Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. So it all starts with number nine, but you still have to have some type of threat. I get it at the running back position, but when it comes to Joe Mixon, it does feel like, man, it's time to move on.
Yeah, I think he will eventually be released again unless he takes a, a big pay. It can't just be like a small pay cut, um, a big pay cut. Um, and I don't think he'll be willing to do that coming off a, a pretty good year. Um, and I think what's going to happen is they know they have Chase Brown, as we've talked about. Um, I think they will draft a running back at some point. Again, not early. And I think they will sign a veteran. You know, you mentioned like Swift could be like a, an option. Somebody like that who they, they let the first wave go and then maybe even that second wave and they get like a bargain. Maybe it's a bargain. Like a, I'm talking a one, a veteran on a one year, $3 million contract, maybe with some incentives. Yeah. So you do bring a veteran in, but then you also have Chase Brown's second year and you bring in a rookie. That way you're not just relying on a fifth round, second year guy and a rookie. You also bring in a veteran and then, um, you should be good to go because you're right. With and I have no doubt they're going to tag Higgins, and it seems like he's going to be okay with that mm-hmm. from everything they've said. Now, could things change? Could his agent get in his ear and say, "No, you need to hold out. This is unacceptable." But you know, the tag for a wide receiver is twenty point seven million dollars this coming year. He's going to make twenty point seven million. He's said all the right things so far. Joe Burrow has been adamant that he wants T Higgins back. Paul Daner Jr. from the Athletic gave it a ninety five percent chance that T Higgins will be on, <laughs> and he's you know. I think he does a great job covering the Bengals. We'll be on the team next year. So I think they're going to run it back once with Higgins, and then we'll see what happens after that. They could tag him again, Maddie. Uh, but getting back to running backs, I think you're right. I think we have seen the end of the Joe Mixon era. He is the only behind Corey Dillon in career uh, rushing yards for the Bengals. Very productive during his time, but it's fading just a little bit. And I think, you know, I can't wait to see not only what the Chase Browns do, but the Andre Yoshivas's and the Charlie Jones and these guys that have been there for a year, maybe two years on the offensive side of the ball. What type of role can they carve out? Because if one or two of those three can be a, a consistent option for this offense throughout the year. Man, that really opens up things for your finances beyond when we get to next all season, because you're going to have those guys on the cheap. Before we go to break, I want to throw this name at you, and it's a name we're all familiar with. J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, we know the upside is there. Yes. Now, he's been injury prone throughout his few years in the NFL, but because of the injury he sustained last year, I'm interested in what type of market he is going to be able to cook up because I think teams know what he's capable of. We know what he's capable of, and he's going to be a cheap option that you may be able to hit on if you can keep him healthy. And so for teams like the Bengals, these teams that are in contention, that don't have a ton of money to throw around, his name fascinates me because the high, the highs are there, the lows have been bad. I understand that. But as far as when you're a team like the Bengals or the Bills or the Jets or these teams that have big money quarterbacks and all, big money receivers and all of those things, you can find gems like this, I think, in an offseason. So I wouldn't be mad at that name either. You need some other protection in that room. I get it. But I think you can get him at a decent number, and who knows what that could turn into. Yeah, and he'll be an unrestricted free agent. I think uh, the Ravens, unless there's something I'm not aware of internally where maybe there's been some strife, um, I think the Ravens will resign him. I mean, they, they still are going to need a running back. And, you know, he was a second-round pick. And when healthy, as you know, being a Ravens fan, I mean, he's looked good. Yeah. The only 2,000-yard rusher in Ohio State history as far as one one season so yeah a team like the Bengals you know if the Ravens are not able to re-sign him that would make some sense you could argue the Bengals maybe should go with the bigger back to pair with Chase Brown but I just you know get the best player available if it's J.K. Dobbins and Chase Brown that could be a pretty good one-two punch but I still I still think he's going to re-sign with your Ravens there's some uh there's some uh Derrick Henry to Baltimore smoke Ooh, you'd be there. loving that oh my god 
Man, Lamar and Derek in the same back. Oh, oh man, smoke we got we got to re we, we need like to realign the divisions. I think. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> this AFC North is too brutal. When we come back, Bob McGilligan, radio voice for your Columbus Blue Jackets, hops on to talk all things CBJ. It's Rothman and Ice right here on the fan. All the ten TV people come over to our side of the building to take a deuce. That should tell you something about how we operate. The fan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Perfect afternoon parlay. This is Rothman and Ice. Welcome back in. Matty Ice, Dave Biddle filling in for AR. We're efforting Bob McGelligan. So we will keep you posted on that. We actually heard from AR this morning. So I think our man, as we like to say on the show, Bids is crawling out of that Batman hole. You know, the Batman hole that you had to crawl out of and all that stuff. So AR's uh, he's doing a little better. I think he's doing a little better. Good, Hopefully. good. We will have him back on Monday. You got anything fun playing this weekend, Big Dog? Or are we just relaxing? See, to me, that's fun. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I, I understand. I, I count that as fun. Just no, I understand. Kicking back. And uh, you and I were talking about this. Like, I, I like college baseball. Like, I'm not going to be glued to the TV, but I'll definitely be checking out uh, Ohio State baseball and some of the other, you know, college baseball. You can't, it used to be like they'd let the Southern school, they would, it was just a free for all until they finally said, no, you have to start on, you can't start any earlier than this date, which like every other sport does it in college. So it's interesting. I like college baseball, so I'll be checking that out. Um, you know, be checking out definitely when Ohio State upsets Purdue in, in basketball. That's not going to happen. The but, sports uh, world works in mysterious ways. You never know. You never know. And Purdue has been a program that has let, you know, a, a few slip through their fingers when people aren't expecting it. So it is going to be a very fascinating situation to see what we get from the Buckeye basketball program on Sunday when they take on Purdue. And we know Zach Eady is just an absolute monster. So I will be locked into that. you got a good college basketball slate tomorrow. So that will be fun. But, yeah, Bits, I, I feel like I just need to uh, completely just lay low this weekend, let my body reset from Vegas and just – all of that just been ripping and running, you know, the last week and a half, which was great, man. I mean, Vegas was absolutely tremendous. If you guys missed any, any of our interviews from Dan Marino to Dean Blandino to, I mean, I'm losing a whole bunch of names in my brain because we talked to so many people, but they're all available uh, wherever you get your podcast, type in Rothman and Ice. So was it like I imagine it was like, and you've talked about this a little bit, you've hinted it. Radio Row is always like star studded. Radio Row in Vegas feels like Radio Row on steroids, yeah. and plus the cream and the clear and everything else from Balco. Like it was, it was, it, it was did it live up to that? It did. It, it it was beyond what I thought it would be, honestly. Because as you just alluded to, it was a who's who, man. Like I saw your boys, Jamar Chase and T Higgins, and then you get. Rob Riggle, and then you get Flavor Flav, and then right behind you's Justin Jefferson, and then five minutes later, it's Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin and Cam Newton. It was just... And was it CB who was running around trying to, like, 
like ran in. We all were running around hey, acting hey, crazy. Hey, Flav, get over here. Flav, Flav. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, man. It really is. Like That's he, awesome. He saw his boy Baker Mayfield. So yeah, I mean, it's look. I understand that. I mean, he's a Baker Broadheart. Don't let the man and fool Hugh you. Jackson, man. It you was know, like my did, old en- enemies coming back to get we me. We did see Hugh Jackson rolling sixteen there. Jackson, baby, um, as well. So yeah, I mean, look, it, it's something I would highly recommend if it's something that you can do. Um, don't don't start bragging now. No, no I'm just no, saying, I'm like, I'm please kidding. do, because I understand <laughs> it's a it's an expensive trip. I'm not even talking about the game. Like, the game prices are silly, but just to do that, if you have kids, I understand that. But when that is it be. not expensive, though? You know what? When work, that's, when work pays for it. That is oh, baby, that's what happens correct. when you become a superstar like Matty Ice Hell and no. AR, baby, and CB. Well, there's levels love to it. superstar I on the show. There's uh, one man on the show, Biz, that has Emmy Awards, and you know, two of us do not. So there, there's levels to this. There's, there is levels um, to this. One thing, one thing that we haven't talked about uh, over the last couple of days, I wanted to get your take on Harbaugh leaving and going to the NFL. We know what's behind us now and what we're going to deal with as far as the rivalry goes and all of those things. And we'll talk a lot about Ohio State side of things at the top of the hour with movement on the coaching staff. But your thoughts on this transition for him and how you think he's going to do? Makes a lot of sense. I would have been shocked if uh, he didn't jump to the NFL um, for a variety of reasons. But um, what surprises me a little bit is, especially when Sharon Moore was announced as, and I thought that made a lot of sense for them to promote him, but uh, considering, like, you know, you're coming off a national championship. But then what they talk about, you know, one of the reasons, not, you know, the main reason, they like Sharon Moore. That's the main reason. But also, a close second was continuity. You know, we're going to have continuity with Sharon Moore. Well, you have it with Sharon Moore. But you hardly have anybody else. They lost their entire defensive coaching staff, including defensive coordinator Jesse Minter. They lost their, you know, and they have a fa- they had a fantastic D line coach as well, and a good DB coach. They lost them all. They have a, they have a really, really, really good had a really good strength coach that they thought they were going to keep. Harbaugh plucked him too. And if you get on the Michigan boards, um, which I I tend to do if, if bad things happen, like they have turned on Harbaugh. Hundred percent of them, no. But you'd be surprised how many people, if you get on a Michigan fan board, um, how many like diehard Michigan fans are ticked off at Harbaugh, and he just won a national championship for him. I want to, even as an Ohio State guy, I want to chime in. Like, come on, he won a national championship for you. Like, allow him to, even if you have a, a few bad years. So I thought they would probably struggle, even if they were able to keep most of their coaching staff together. I figured Minter would go with them, but I thought they'd keep more than they did. I thought they'd struggle because they're losing so many guys, Matty. They're losing 18 guys who have been invited to the Combine. You're losing Jim Harbaugh. Um, now you got to break in a new defensive coordinator, Wink Markendale. But like losing all these other guys. It's a lot, man. And they, have you seen their schedule? I'm sure you have. It's tough. It's really tough. It's like the opposite of what they did last year. Yeah. They, they had like the easiest schedule of any of like the teams that had like a shot. They might have one of the toughest this year. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be a grind. CB's making me aware that we have found Bob McGill. Bobby Mack. So let's bring on Bobby Mack right now. Radio voice for your Columbus Blue Jackets. Bobby Mack, it's been too long, man. How are you? What's up, boys? Sorry about that. Oh, good, man. You got a lot going on. We understand things happen. Let's go with the uh, your thought process with yesterday and just Everything that unfolded when you think about the name Yarmo Kekalainen as the GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets, what do you think about his time here in our fine city? Well, I, you know, first of all, I get a chance to know the person, not just the, you know, the the GM, not like a fan where you know his name, uh, you see him, 
you know, doing interviews and stuff like that. I, I got a chance to get to know him. So from that standpoint, uh, he's a great person. He's a great guy, and, and I feel bad for him. But you know what? We're in a business where you get hired to get fired, especially when you're a coach or general manager. Uh, his tenure here was a good tenure. I mean, the team went to the playoffs numerous times. They got their only playoff series win. Um, but at the end of the day, those times are so far in the rearview mirror. And what was looking like it was coming ahead hasn't been good enough. And so that's why he's out. But uh, I have no problem with, uh, you know, what he did here. We had some really good times while he was here. But now it's just time to move on. Bobby, Mac, give me your wish list for the next GM. Do you have a, a short list of, or maybe there's one guy in particular, like, I really want this guy. Do you have a, a, a wish list for the next GM? No, the only wish list I have, to be honest with you, is for somebody to come in here and, and once again make a plan and go and, and stick to the plan. Because I think that's the one thing that kind of happened in these last few years. There was a plan, they were sticking to it, and then for whatever reason, um, it, it just the waters got muddy and then all of a sudden you couldn't see where it was going. And then it felt like the, the organization is stuck between, you know, two places and just somebody that has a, an absolute clear plan and they're going to be able to come in and do the things that they're going to need to do, you know, move out some of the players that have to get moved out, uh, bring in some new players, maybe, you know, maybe some older guys here that the more experienced guys, because it's, you know, one thing that always drives me crazy is starting the year as the youngest team or one of the youngest teams in the NHL. Sometimes you just need some more experience for some of those young guys. So I wouldn't mind seeing that. But as far as a wish list, uh, look, being a selfish guy who has to interview these people, I, uh, I'd like somebody that's easy to converse with. And now the guys that were playing while I've been broadcasting are getting into these management roles. So I wouldn't mind somebody that I worked with as a player that is now going to be a general manager because that's starting to happen. So that's a selfish thing. That that's just a me thing. That's that's not a blue jacket thing. But but it would be a blue jacket thing because you know if you got I think if you got somebody uh, that that played here, they would be very interested in you know they they wouldn't have won anything here as a player. So I think they would be interested in doing it as a GM. Radio play-by-play by, play by play voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Bob McGilligan, joining us here on The Fan. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Bobby Mac Sports. Bobby Mack, let's talk a little bit about the guys in the summer that they're going to have to make decisions on. Some of these restricted free agents, the Johnsons, the Cylinders, the Chinnikoffs, those guys. Just I know you're not you know, the decision-maker and all that, but I just want to get your take on what you think will happen with, with some of those guys, or maybe one guy you have a take on. Well, it's I don't know, because... Are you going to do a bridge deal, you know, a short-term contract at a certain figure? And and are you going to try to do that and then make them wait for a longer-term deal? I don't know if any of those guys, you know, sometimes you get these these big young superstars and they want seven, eight-year contracts right away. And some teams will give that to them because then, you know, you have them locked up. You don't have to do this uh, another contract or sometimes you get a, you do a three, four, five-year contract and, and say, okay, well, you're getting this bump, and then if you're continuing to progress in the way that we see you progressing, then uh, that's where we'll go next time. I, I see that as more of a thing because if you look at it, okay, Cylinder, he had a great rookie year. Last year was a bad year. This year's been a much better year. and But even this year, he doesn't have the same numbers. He, he's playing well, but he doesn't have the same numbers. So, um, you know, I, w- I would see a, a short-term thing there. Chinikov is, you know, this guy, he's really just starting to 
come into the player that he's going to be right now. So I don't know you're going to do a long-term thing. Ken Johnson is the guy to me that I thought, you know, last year when he had the 40 points, he might be one of those guys that tries to hold out for a long-term deal, but he hasn't had a good year this year either. So uh, I would see, you know, just looking at it, I wouldn't be surprised if you get some shorter-term bridge-type deals, say, okay, boys, look, here's the good things about it now, especially with a new GM. You can say, look, you I'm sorry, you got to prove it to me. You got to prove that you can do it uh, long term, and then we'll we'll talk next time. So that's what I think. But well, what the heck do I know? I'm not a GM. I hear you, man. I hear you. Going to be an interesting all season. Uh, we appreciate you giving us some of your time. He's Bob Miguel, get radio play by play voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Bobby Mack, enjoy San Jose, and have a good weekend, man. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. There he goes, Bob McGilligan, radio you know, play-by-play voice of the CBJ. When we come back, we do it every Friday in our last segment of the first hour. CB's cooked up some overs and unders. He will share those with us next. It's Rothman and Ice right here on the fan. There's nothing Bo Bishop can't do well except find competent co-hosts, Bishop and friends. Weekdays from nine to noon. The fan for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rothman and Ice presents, presents Overs and Unders. Sponsored by Buyers Mazda. BuyersMazda.com. Come see why it's better to buy at Buyers Mazda. All right, CB, what do you got cooked up for us, big dog? All what right, are we doing I this do week? have to be honest with you. The weather, which we'll get to in the final one, I well, my website was accidentally still on the Vegas weather report, so it's not the Columbus <laughs> one. So it's a little bit cooler than what's listed on your sheets, but okay. we will get to that. Uh, we will start off with a bunch of these in the Ohio State-Purdue game this weekend. We'll start off with Jameson Battle, a little bit of a slump. From behind the three-point arc, but we will do over, under, one-and-a-half, three-point made shots against Purdue. I am going to fall in the camp of the man is due. To your point, CB, only two threes made across the last three games for Jamison Battle. We know that the start of the year for the majority of the season, the dude's been lights out from the three-point line. I think it's been a good addition to this basketball team. So I'm absolutely going to go with the over this week i mean you're talking eight points the previous game or two games ago now and then the last game three points for him he's a much better player than that and he's needed he's going to be needed in this game so he's got to let it fly i'm going with the over give me the over as well i feel like ohio state i mean i don't think they're going to win this game but i do think you know they're going to play with nothing to lose um they're going to play loose you might have that interim head coach bump that we see across sports not just college basketball it's pretty rare to see a college basketball coach get fired midseason like this but um yeah i think jameson battle as you said maddie i think he's due um all he has to do is get hit, make two three-pointers to hit the over i'm taking the over and i won't be surprised if he's more in the three to four range he, he does seem due and i think he's going to play you know loose and uh Maybe it's been a confidence thing with him. He's an excellent shooter. I don't know if he still is. At one point, he was the best three-point shooter in the Big Ten as far as percentages. So I am taking the over. All right, next up, we will do the Ohio State team total in that game. It set it over under 73.5. Over under 73.5 for Ohio State. I will take the under on that. I tend to think that they're going to, you know, start relatively fast and fade. Maybe not fast, but play relatively well in the first half and then fade. 
late in the second half. I think Purdue's going to take control of the game, and then um, Ohio State's going to fade a little bit. I think they're going to be just under 73.5 points. That feels pretty good to me. Like, I just offensively, not a lot of trust on my end with what we're going to see game in and game out from them. Like, we had, you know, the great game the other day against Maryland. That was a win, and Bruce looked really good, especially with some key buckets late in the game. But the bench production is what worries me, right? And then the battle, kind of cold streak that he's on. Yeah, I got to go under on this, CB. I mean, you're talking about a Buckeye basketball team that we just watched didn't even get to 55 points in their last game. So maybe the Diebler effect will be very real. You know, they'll they'll feel that Diebler DNA. And, you know, there's some shooters in that family I heard of, you know, or they've got some good shooting in that family. So maybe that will work its way into this Buckeye basketball team. But I'm going to go with what I've seen recently. And for me, that's been the inconsistency. So I'm going under. All right, it's no uh, surprise that Zach Eady gets a, maybe a favorable whistle in the Big Ten play, and then they're always surprised when it's not that way come tournament time. Uh, but let's do this weekend over-under two-and-a-half uncalled three-second violations by Zach Eady against Ohio State. So you're saying just by my watch as a ref on the <laughs> Yeah, couch. you're sitting at home and you're counting it. I'm going to go over on this because you're right. He Look, and this happens in every sport. Star players get a lot of rope and a lot of wiggle room. But I'm going to go over because it is something that has jumped out to me watching them play. It's like, dang, are they going to blow the whistle on this dude with three seconds in the paint? He's just down there kicking it, starting to fire. Give me the over. Uh, who's the official scorekeeper here? Is it you. Is it CB? It's me. Oh, I don't want to spend. Now you're making me spend this close of attention to an Ohio State men's basketball game. Gosh darn it. Um, I guess I'll take the over as well. All right, next up, the Jackets are at San Jose tomorrow. The over-under for their total goals in terms of, I'm talking about the Jackets' total goals is two and a half. Now, initially, I looked at this, Maddie, and I'm like, oh, under, just automatically. But, you know, the Sharks are even worse than the Jackets, which is, that's hard to do. That's not easy to pull off. Give me the over. Yeah, to your point, I mean, the San Jose Sharks are in the basement when it comes to goals allowed per game. Like, right above them, it's, it's our Jackets, unfortunately. But... I think because of that, it could be an entertaining game. We could be getting a lot of pucks in the back of the net and those lamps getting lit up. So, yes, yeah, CB hit me with the uh, the OVA, big dog. I'm going over. Not a lot of lines to play with for the All-Star weekend or All-Star break coming up for the NBA, but we do have a spread in the game, so we will <laughs> use that. It is the West All-Stars as a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the East. Oh, boy. Um. So you want some of the names? For the West, since they're the favorite bids, I've got LeBron, Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, Shea Gildress-Alexander, Nikola Jokic. Those are your starters on the Eastern side. You've got Giannis, Joel Embiid, who won't be playing, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, and Jason Tatum. Hmm. Now, on the Western side of things, as a reserve, you have the ultimate flamethrower in Steph Curry. And that's what I'm looking at because Steph is going to get up a bunch of threes in between Steph, KD, and Luka Doncic. The points are just going to be ridiculous. Now, you could talk me into Giannis just running to the rim all the time and dunking on everybody because we know they're not playing defense. But I'm going with the Eastern Conference right now. And I am actually going to take those points and roll with... Actually, that would be Giannis's team. So give me... I'm going to actually lay the two and a half. I see what we've got going now. Yeah, I'm laying it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm laying the two and a half. Initially, I was like, it's an all-star game. Don't really, you know... 
should it be even money, you know, and then I'm like, maybe I'll pick the East. But you're right. The roster is just better, markedly better for the West. Even Obviously, the East, it's a very good roster. But the West roster is clearly better, and you're bringing Steph Curry off the bench. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to take the West and uh, lay the two and a half. And that weather that I am correcting, it is set at over under for the high this weekend <laughs> at 43 and a half. We've... Uh, Winter's kind of crept back, man. We've just basically skipped yeah. winter, went right to spring. And then it's going to get up into the 50s middle of next week. See, we're going to we're back to basically early spring weather. Okay, so 43 and a half on Sunday. I think we're going to crack 44 here in the great capital of Ohio, Columbus. We're going to crack We're going to crack 44. So give me the over. Yeah, I'm going over too, man. I'm going to go over on this. CB sneaky with these weather numbers, but I'm going to go over. He's got that evil grin on his face. I don't know what that's about, but give me the over. When we come back, top of the hour, coming up next. Some uh, interesting things happening on the Ohio State side of things when it comes to the coaching staff. we got extensions being handed out. we got people leveling up on the coaching staff for Ohio State. We will talk about all of that next. It's Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan. Tweet from a listener. Are you carrying the Buckeye game today? Considering we've never not carried one, yes. The answer is yes. The fan. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond. Welcome back in. Happy Freaky Friday. I'm Matty Ice. I got Dave Biddle rocking out with me today, filling in for our guy, A.R., talk a little Ohio State football man it's been a uh, a fun off season man like it has been a fun off season and and bids I can't find a national pundit that thinks that the Buckeyes did anything wrong this off season right you you come out of the tail end of the Michigan game and the Cotton Bowl and the mess that that was but you talk about cleaning things up at least on paper right now I think this program, Coach Day and everybody else in charge over there, has done a great job. One thing uh, that made me feel good as far as some of the news that came out recently was the news that involved our former teammate here at the fan, and that's one James Laurinaitis, because James has been promoted to linebacker coach. And before we even get into any of the you know the football stuff, like. You know, you, I'm sure you've met a, a lot of former athletes and, and celebrities, and, and some of these guys can be uh, a little prickly, right? Or, you know, a little full of themselves and not give you the time of day. This dude talking James was the complete opposite of that. Like, you would never know if you just randomly met him what he did as a player, not only here at Ohio State with the amazing resume that he cooked up here, but the really good resume that he cooked up in the NFL. So I couldn't be happier for a dude that is genuinely a good person. And I can only imagine how that's going to transfer over to not only the players he's currently going to be coaching, but when this dude walks into a living room or walks into a school and talks to parents or a principal or head coach or whatever it is, I think the dude's absolutely going to crush it. So I'm I'm so happy for James because I know him personally and I know 
how good of a person he is. So, yeah, just before the football stuff, I wanted to get to that because I think he's uh, he's definitely deserving of that praise. No doubt about it, and he's always been that way. I, you know, I covered James when he was uh, still in high school. Uh, covered him. I didn't cover him in high school, but I spoke to him after Ohio State. He got a commitment. Uh, he committed to Ohio State when everybody was like, "Who's this three star?" Guy from Minnesota that Trestle's getting. What's he doing going bottom of the barrel going? And we'd have him on our old uh, Bucknuts radio show, which was actually a podcast, but we didn't know. It. We just called it Internet Radio because we didn't know what a podcast was yet. And he was like that then. You got the feeling like, this guy's super mature and just, um, and he never changed. He never changed. He became you know, a star at Ohio State, never changed. Became a star in the NFL, still the all-time leading tackler for the Rams, never changed. And to this day, you're right. It's real. You said it. He's genuine. Yeah. It's not like he's a nice guy and he's putting on, you know, a facade. He is. He's a genuinely good man. And um, and, and I think this is a great hire. And and yes, and I realize, and I know you do too, and Buckeye fans know that he basically was the linebacker coach last year. But I like that it's official now because yeah. he's going to knock it out on the field, in my opinion. And it's, I think this defense is going to be super elite. But the one minor question mark is linebackers. Well, now you got James Laurinaitis, um, full-time linebackers, and the fact that he can now be a full-time coach on the road recruiting, which he has been doing anyway the last couple months because they had an, uh, an opening on the staff um, and he was filling that void. But I wasn't sure if he wanted to do that because everybody's a little different. Brian Hartline has as much money as he'll ever know what to do with during because of his time in the NFL. He likes recruiting. Some guys, they have tons of money. They wouldn't want to like, what, what am I going to go kiss some 16 year old's butt when I'm a millionaire? Come on. So I wondered if James Laurinaitis, who also has more money than he'll ever know what to do with, really wanted that grind of recruiting 24-7, and I'm thrilled that he does because I think he's going to be a home run hire as a coach and recruiter, Matty. For the love of the game, man. These dudes love the game, and they love their alma mater, obviously, here in Columbus, and I'm glad you brought up kind of his recruiting status, if you will, and stars and all that stuff um, because I, I think his story can speak to a lot of these kids, right? That you can you can be a guy that can work his way up at a program like this and still go on to do some really good Things because I mean it has to be just the ultimate pressure cooker over there. Whether you're a three star, whether you're a five star, with just the amount of talent that this program racks up, it seems like every single recruiting cycle. So I love that he can speak to those guys that may come into a program like this and you know may doubt yourself a little bit, right? Because you're going from a situation to where you're the man in your city and your county or whatever it is to coming into this city and there's this kid from Texas and this kid from Cali that's all state and Mr. California or whatever. I think that angle of it to me is pretty cool that you have a guy on staff amongst some other guys, specifically with James that kind of, you know, started from the bottom, if you will, in the recruiting world and made his name into a household name and a name that's going to live on forever in this program. When people talk about linebacker play, let's say he turns into one of the best linebacker recruiters in the country, which I expect he will. And then we're sitting there, and let's say Tim Walton keeps doing what he's doing and Hartline keeps doing what he's doing. We're going to sit there and be like, okay, there's three former Buckeyes on the staff, <laughs> and one of them is the best you know, linebacker recruiter in the country, one of them in Laurinaitis. One of them is you know, one of the best you know, DB recruiters in the country, Tim Walton. He already is. <laughs> and one of them is Brian Hartline, the best wide receiver recruiter in the country. Those three... And Walton and and Brian Hartline are already established. Like I said, like it, we just need James Laurinaitis to join them for the triumvirate, and I think he will. It's going to be crazy, and it's just and it's not be just because they're ex Buckeyes. It really isn't, but that will be interesting to look at. That it's already interesting that the top two recruiters on the staff are former Ohio State players. 
And um, yeah. I love it, man. I love it. He is. You, I'm glad you preface it with how great of a guy he is and that he's going to be such a great recruiter because he's just one of these guys that, like, first of all, he's got the name recognition. And um, he's one of these guys that, like, moms are going to fall in love with because he's such a good guy. He looks you right in the eye. You know, dads are going to love him. The kids are going to love him because he's a young guy. Um, I, I couldn't be happier yeah. about this. And I also think a sneaky good hire this offseason was bringing Matt Gary back mm-hmm. as safety's coach. He's also going to. Not in name, but he's basically going to be running the special teams with help from others. They're not going to have a full time special teams coach like they did with Parker Fleming. But he was the, you know, Gary Airy was the, I'm probably butchering his last name. Gary was the defensive coordinator at Indiana last year. That's good experience. And was Jim Knowles' right hand man at Duke as co defensive coordinator and then came with Knowles as a, you know, an advisor to Ohio State in 2022. I like getting him. Larry Johnson now, two year extension. That wasn't on my bingo card, Matty I. Man, nobody's because the the R word has floated around, right? In the last couple seasons, retirement. Larry Johnson really has nothing else to prove to anybody, right? As a defensive line coach, his track record is absolutely stamped. But that did that did catch my eye as well, and we'll get to that in a second because there's a lot of you know contract extension news that's out there. You mentioned Tim Walton. That dude has absolutely been on a heater recently out there on the recruiting trail and we found out after we left the show yesterday that he had been promoted to assistant head coach and it's absolutely deserving because you mentioned obviously his backdrop as a player here but now he is transferring that into productivity out there on the recruiting trail because what we just saw in that 2025 uh, class that he brought in the number one and number two corners. And I believe bids, correct me if I'm wrong. He even got the number 10 corner, I believe. So another good corner in that class. And we all remember just a, a few years ago, this run that the program went on specifically at the quarterback position under Kerry Combs's watch. And whether it was, you know, the Lattimore's of the world or the Robies of the world. I mean, the list, the wards, like the list went on and on for a while. And to me, while these guys have to go out there and obviously prove it on the field, it, it feels bids like this, this category of recruiting, if you will, has a nice amount of momentum behind it with some really good names on paper that are committing to Ohio State. And it looks like it's because Tim Walton's playing a major role in that. He keeps stacking classes. Excellent classes back to back to back. I mean, he came in, it was just a two-man class in 2023, the kids that were uh, true freshmen this past year. But man, they're Jermaine Matthews, hello. Uh, he looked good as a true freshman. Yeah. Calvin Simpson Hunt, I like him a lot. And then, yeah, he gets out, goes out and gets the, the top two corners in the country in the 2024 class. He already has the top two corners in the 2025 class. It's just amazing. And then, and I don't say this lightly, um, this might be the best secondary that we've seen at Ohio State, certainly in a long time. And like, you know, to me, the gold standard is 1996 when sophomore Antoine Winfield, who was really good that year, is technically a backup because your starting corners are Sean Springs and Ty Howard. You know you're loaded. Sean Springs, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year that year in 96, and your safeties are uh, Damon Moore and Rob Kelly. So really good. That's the gold standard. Also, you could say 2016, 2019. Also, fantastic secondaries for Ohio State. Maddie. With Denzel Burke coming back, which I still can't believe he's coming back. Igbenosin. Igbenosin is your number two corner. Jordan Hancock is now perfect for that slot safety slash corner. He's coming back. Jermaine Matthews is your number four corner as a sophomore. Are you kidding me? And then at safety, 
Lathan Ransom's coming back. Man, if only they could bring in like Caleb Downs or so. Oh, they brought in Caleb <laughs> Downs, who's going to be a superstar right away. I think Sonny Styles is probably going to move to linebacker. Yep. But it's crazy. I think this will be the best secondary that we've seen at Ohio State. And again, I don't say that lightly. And I give Tim Walton a lot of credit because you know, much like Hardline, he doesn't just recruit really well. He coaches those guys up. It, the only thing that's going to hold them back, in my opinion, specifically that secondary, is, is health. That's it. I mean, the talent is there now. The experience is there now. But they have depth, too. They have depth. You mentioned they added a superstar talent in Caleb Downs. And you know at that position, when you have a guy that has range, that can go sideline to sideline, get downhill, make a bunch of tackles, like that can clean things up. And then the Sunny Styles angle is exciting to me because that is touched by the hand of God type of talent, right? Like there's certain guys that you know that come through programs and they're just a cut above physically, right? With what they were given right out of the gates. And it seems like he's going to be able to make that transition pretty well. So you, you know, the strap signal we see a lot from defensive players when they make the, you know, yes. a nice PBU, a pass breakup. I think it's going to be a lot of the strap signals going on um, for that secondary next year. We mentioned, Tim Walton, you also had news coming out, as you mentioned. Larry Johnson, he gets an extension. Tight ends coach Keenan Bailey, those guys get an extension. And also, Jim Knowles gets a two-year contract extension that's going to run him through the 2026 season. So you've got chemistry going on amongst the coaching staff. You've got young guys that are ready to pop, veteran guys that are con- ready to continue their high level of play. We we reacted to a clip yesterday from Joe Klatt, and he talked about the Chip Kelly hiring and how the run game he thinks can be a force under Chip Kelly's watch. I think even if Chip Kelly wasn't in the equation, you were going to have that anyway with Quinton Jukins and Travion and Dallin Hayden and how good those guys are. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is I think all of us are thinking highly of what this defense can be. Think about how fresh they have a chance to be throughout games when that run game is going to be punching people in the mouth and those guys are going to be sitting there not having to go back out there because of a lot of three and outs or turnovers or whatever it's going to be. So this defense is going to be an issue for other offenses, but it also, I believe, can be something that benefits the offense for Ohio State this year. Yeah, they're they're going to be loaded, Maddie. This defensive line and the aforementioned secondary, they're loaded with their starters and they have depth. They could withstand. You can't withstand like a deluge of injuries. But you, on the D-line and secondary, they could withstand like an injury or two to key guys that are, that are that deep. Linebackers are the one minor, minor concern, as we said, but I think they'll be okay there. Um, it's just, it's going to be, it's fascinating. I think they have a chance to be the best defense in the country this year for everything we just said. They were... Numbers-wise, they were elite last year, but the Big Ten was so bad offensively. Like The three best defenses in the country, statistically, were all from the Big Ten. Like Michigan, Penn yep. State, Ohio State, in whatever order. Iowa was the fifth best because seven of the worst offenses in the country, seven of the worst 11 yeah. offenses, were from the Big Ten. Yeah. So, But this year, that won't be the case. Ohio State you know, going to Oregon, but I think Ohio State's defense is going to be even better this year. They finished... Again, number two in the country in total defense last year, number three in scoring or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So they were a number three total or, you know, scoring defense in the country last year. That's elite, right? But like, again, skewed because of the competition. I think they're going to be definitely elite this year and perhaps the best defense in the country. Before, real quick, Bids, what's up with Joe Philbin now in his role? Where, where's he at in all, in all of this? Last year, it was the offensive analyst role now that chip kelly is the offensive coordinator i just didn't know if you had heard anything about where he can play a role in this year i think he's sticking around i haven't heard otherwise and him and um the other 
offensive analyst that does a really good job, uh, Fitch, um, Todd Fitch. Those guys are close. Like okay. those, they work in the same office and. Philbin's a heck of a nice. It's it's just cool. He's such a heck of a nice guy. So unassuming. He's like a former NFL head coach, and he just walks by. So unless something changes, I think Philbin's coming back for a okay. second year as an analyst. I, I don't think he has. He, he's done a little bit of everything. He's yeah. going to be sixty three years old soon. I think he's. Uh, I don't know if he's going to stay at Ohio State forever. But I, unless something's changed, I think Philbin's coming back for a second year okay. as one of the offensive analysts. There you go. When we come back, it's Friday. You know we got to do under pressure. We'll do it next. It's Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan. If the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on, you've come to the right place. Proud to be your home for Jackets Hockey. The Fan, Ohio sports death. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rothman and Ice present Under Pressure. Sponsored by United Dairy Farmers. All right, welcome back in. I got Dave Biddle rocking out with me today. Bids, you are the guest, and I always liked for the guest to lead it off. So please, my friend, the floor is yours. Who are you putting on the pressure list? I say this only somewhat tongue-in-cheek, my friends. Matt Painter, the pressure is on him because he's bringing the number two ranked Boilermakers to town. You know, you can't lose to this Ohio State team when you're favored by, like, what are they favored by, 300 points, I think? Uh, maybe not quite that much. We'll have to check uh, <laughs> Bet MG. No, 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 I mean Bet365. Uh, bet there we go, baby. Bet365. Bet, you know, bet three six five. Excuse me, we'll have to check that. But I think it's a right around three hundred points. No, but seriously, Jake Diebler, if you get beat by this Ohio State team when you're favored by a ton of points, and you get beat by an interim coach, bad team. So that's why I say, I say kind of tongue in cheek. But the the pressure's on Matt Painter. I like that. I like that a lot. I will have to find that spread for you when I get a chance, or maybe CB can cook that up with what he's got going on. They usually wait until it's inside twenty four hours. Yeah, okay. I don't, li- I don't like that. Come on. Yeah, Come on. We, the day before can't happen. It's got to be, I mean, I know 24 hours, but the morning of, we should be able to bet on that. But, I'm with you. But I digress. I'm with you. You're going to have a pretty decent college basketball schedule tomorrow. One of those games that I'm excited about is going to happen between the Kentucky team led by John Calipari and Auburn led by Bruce Perrell. But specifically, I am putting the pressure on the 22nd ranked (laughs) Kentucky Wildcats because their offense bids is very good. Their offense is legit. I will give that to them. Within the SEC, they rank second in points per game. They're first in field goal percentage, so that's not a problem. However, when you flip it over to the defensive side of things, they are a complete mess their defense ranks second to last in the sec in points allowed and when you're dealing with auburn that is a team that is absolutely legit on the offensive side of the ball they've gotten to 80 points or more almost 20 times this season so they're very productive with what they do they've got johnny broom who is one of the best centers 
in the entire sport. I watched the Iron Bowl, the basketball version of this, when we were out in Vegas. Charles Barkley was in the building. That place was absolutely rocking. And Broom is an emotional guy. He can hit a three every once in a while. He gets his hands on block shots throughout the games. He's a great shot blocker. So this Kentucky defense needs to sure things up quickly because I do think that they have an offense that can get into the tournament and do a lot of damage, but you can get blitzed out of a gym quickly if you're just ping-ponging the basketball in each other's net back and forth throughout the game. So I'm looking at John Calipari, his team, and I'm putting them on the pressure list. Big-time game for them in the SEC tomorrow night. I think Blue Jackets president John Davidson, um, I'm putting him. I'm putting the pressure on him. Not that he's going to make the decision this weekend, but he was the one that hired Yarmo. He was behind a lot of this. Yarmo's the one to take the fall, and I agree with that. Um, but J.D. better knock this out of the park. And again, he's not going to make the hire this weekend, but they're better. And I know they're, I read Porty's piece on The Athletic. There already is a short list. He didn't, he didn't mention any names that they've put together. Um, work those back channels hard find you know knock this out of the park because if you get a really good gm to pair with this young core of players the blue jackets could be a problem you know within two years i'm not going to say by next season so i think you know the pressure's on jd you can't just come out and have you know find a guy that's uh, okay he's a decent guy knock this one out of the park jd i like it second candidate for me actually candidates would be the correct way to say that I'm going with the guys' bids that are participating in the slam dunk contest because this is it for me. This is the last time I'm giving the slam dunk contest my attention. Ever? Ever. This is it because I grew up watching the highlights, as you mentioned, of Michael Jordan and Spud Webb and all of these elite guys that made the slam dunk contest Fun. The last slam dunk contest that I thoroughly enjoyed was Vince Carter years ago when he played for the Toronto Raptors and you had Kenny Smith yelling, it's over, it's over. <laughs> that was the last time I enjoyed a slam dunk contest, but now here we are. The All-Star Weekend is in Indy. I'm actually kind of tempted to go over there, but I told myself I just need to relax this weekend. But you got Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics, the best team in the NBA. So you got one star there. Jaime Hawkes Jr., you may remember her from UCLA. Very good player. Turned himself into a very good rookie for the Miami Heat. Mac McClung, the reigning champ. Fun story. G League guy. And then you got Jacob Toppin. Not Obi Toppin. You got Jacob Toppin for the New York Knicks in this thing. So you got one household name. You got one fun underdog for people to root for. That's actually the reigning champ. But for me, Bids, this is it. If I don't enjoy this one, I'm not paying attention to anything on All-Star Weekend. I'm probably outside of the three-point contest in the last 12 minutes of the All-Star game. So I'm putting it on these four men to deliver a show. Please, I'm begging you. You guys are on the pressure list. Who is the best dunker in the NBA right now? Take, take, so every player is on the table. For some reason, they, they would get $5 billion if they... Had a contest and one guy was left standing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that wouldn't be enough money for them, but uh, whatever. Ooh, that's a great question. For me, I don't know if I could identify the best, but I'll hit you with a guy that I enjoy the most when he rises up, and it's Ja Morant. I would love to get Ja in a slam dunk contest. That dude has crazy bounce. He's also not one of those big guys that that doesn't make it look he, you know how the big guys can make it look really easy because of their size. Ja has that element of, well, he's not the biggest dude, but he can jump to the sky. So I'd probably give it to Ja Moran. I enjoy, enjoy his dunks for sure. I like that one. He often hits his head on the rim. Yeah. So when you do that, 
he's got bunnies. You know, I, I, I can't relate, but I think if you do that, that means you got pretty good hops. <laughs> you're hitting, if you're routinely hitting your head on the rim, yeah. how come you missed that dunk? Oh, I, you know, well, hit my head on the rim again. See these stitches I got in my forehead? There's your answer right there. <laughs> I got one more unless you got one. Were you good or are we good? I'm good. Okay, I'm good. I got one more over here. I am going with Mr. Steve Kerr, and here's why. We talked yesterday about that breaking news that came out of the NBA that the Golden State Warriors tried to trade for LeBron. Not that there was interest. They tried to get the deal done. But we found out yesterday after the show that old Clay Thompson was not in the starting lineup. There was a rookie that started for him. And Clay Thompson, what did he decide to do, Bids? He said, you know what, Steve Kerr, you're going to put me in this six-man role. I got 35 points for you and seven threes. <laughs> seven of 13 for Clay Thompson in his first game coming off the bench. Here's why I'm bringing this up. Because what are you going to do now, Steve Kerr? You've already got a ticked off Clay Thompson. You've got this viral clip going around. It looks like Steph Curry tried to give Clay a handshake, and he said, nah, I'm good. I think that's probably rooted in the LeBron story. And Clay saying, nah, Steph, don't dap me up now. You just tried to trade me for LeBron. But now you've got this situation where you're going to be torn on one side because of the role that you think Clay should be playing. But there may be some drama creeping in as well when it comes to Clay Thompson. So, Steve Kerr, you're on the pressure list, big dog. Iceman, I almost said maybe this is just great coaching by Kerr because what, what's happened now? He he's now has Clay Thompson fired up, scoring 35 points. Old Clay Thompson's back. But you're right. If it's, if it's extended to Steph... And there's a big problem. Like chemistry could be a huge issue there. And it makes a lot of sense. You know, we were talking about it yesterday. Of, you know, I don't know how they let this get out, but like Clay's got to be feeling like really offended and like betrayed that um, you know, he's a huge part of their dynasty. And it'd be one thing if it was just management. And, and, and Steph could say, hey, man, it was managed. I had nothing to do with this. But you know, Steph, if they don't do anything without his fingerprints all over it. So yeah. if this was real and it sounds like it was that Steph signed off on it um again it didn't happen obviously i'd be pissed if i was clay as well so it is funny man i mean him going off for 35 points has his best day of the season right after they try to trade him for lebron insane absolutely insane speaking of insane some may call the next clip you're going to hear after the break insane some may say it's actually a pretty good idea we'll take you behind the curtain of what's happening with one NFL analyst that has an idea of what the Cleveland Browns should do this offseason. It's Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan. A lot has changed in 30 years, but we're still that old shoe that feels worn in and well-loved. And while we smell a little, but you've accepted that. The Fan. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Their live golf team name is Ice Dogs. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. Welcome back in Matty Ice, Dave Biddle. Chopping it up with you today. Happy Friday. Hope you guys had a nice week. Hope you guys are excited about something going on this weekend. We always appreciate your time. So CB made me aware of this this morning. And it involves the Cleveland Browns. And there's an idea 
coming from Mike Tannenbaum, who is a NFL analyst for ESPN. If you watch Get Up, he usually appears on there a bunch, former GM in the league. And as we all know, every single season is going to be a pressure-packed year for Deshaun Watson because for a lot of people, I think the contract is always going to pop up in your head. I mean, that was historic stuff that we saw. They guaranteed the man every penny of $230 million coming out of a situation that was not a uh, good look, right? And so that was a, a an odd deal there. And even if, you know, you didn't have the stuff off the field going on, it would have been eye-opening to see that type of deal get handed to a player just because, as I mentioned, it's it's it was kind of a unicorn thing. We don't see that in the NFL. But now here we are coming out of a year to where you dealt with a bunch of injuries, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. Your offensive line play was a mess. And then you get Joe Flacco that rides in and, Hit you with some good moments, right? And then, unfortunately, in that game against the Houston Texans, he throws a couple picks, one of them a pick six, and that was the end of the story. But I think when you zoom out from that emotion and you look at what the Browns were able to accomplish, I respect the heck out of what that coaching staff did. And Kevin Stefanski wins Coach of the Year. And you got Jim Schwartz winning Assistant of the Year. Miles Garrett wins Defensive Player of the Year. The aforementioned Joe Flacco Wins, what is it? Is it comeback player of the year? I always yeah. get that confused with most improved yeah, player. Yeah, he was comeback player so of the year. So yep. they did their thing. But now when you turn the page to 2024 bids, again, it's what the heck is going to happen with Deshaun Watson on a weekly basis? What are we getting from him? Before we talk about all of that, apparently, and I have not heard this, but CB is saying Mike Tannenbaum has an idea of what the Browns should do with Deshaun Watson. I'm trading Deshaun Watson and a second-round pick to the New York Giants for Daniel Jones. And hear me out. What's if you're the Cleveland Browns, you have Dorian Thompson-Robinson, you have Joe Flacco, and now a 27-year-old Daniel Jones who has one year left of guaranteed money for $36 million and an enormous amount of flexibility moving forward. And if you're the Giants, you're getting Deshaun Watson, who's 29 are you? Who's making $46 million a year for the next three years and a second round pick. And to me, you need a front line difference making quarterback. Cause Bart, right now, if you're the Giants, how in the world do you win the NFC when you have to beat San Francisco, Green Bay, Dallas, Philly, and Detroit? With Daniel and I, Jones, right. Yeah, with Daniel Jones. So to me, Deshaun Watson hasn't played well the last couple of years, but he has a high upside and he's only 29 <laughs> years old. So, so, so. Who if- says no? Okay, so here's what I would say if I'm Mike Tannenbaum. If I'm on the Giants side of things, I don't think he did a great job of selling me on the quarterback that we're getting in return. (laughs) Because I didn't hear a lot in that that made me feel comfortable about what we have at the most important position. Okay, the second round pick, that's that's good stuff, right? No matter when, when you get that second round pick is valuable. I understand that. But if his point was... You know, you need to compete and get better quarterback play. Deshaun hasn't showed us that. I think the idea of what he can be is tantalizing for a lot of people because of what we saw from him, at least at Houston. That guy hasn't shown up in Cleveland, and I'll give it to Deshaun. He dealt with an injury last year, right? He had a shoulder injury and all of that. That is nothing to scoff at. But even when you zoom out from that, Bids, it's been an up-and-down ride with him. So I don't think the Giants would be interested in acquiring at least that talent right now, but more importantly, the financial side of things. I don't think this works on either side. 
What am I missing here? Nothing. Like if because you're 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 you don't know if you're getting Deshaun Watson of old, but you're paying that and more for Deshaun Watson. Cap hits the next three years. Okay, and this is guaranteed money. Sixty three million dollars each of the next three years. Sixty three million dollars is going to be your cap hit each of the next three years. Um, I can't imagine the Giants wanting to do that now. Obviously, and the Browns might just keep him if you say this. Uh, no matter what, if you can say you're getting the the Deshaun Watson, uh, his final, not obviously not the year he sat out, his final year in Houston. Okay, and with ba- basically no weapons around him and a bad offensive line, he was really good that year. I believe it was his fourth year in the league. To go back and look, I think it was his fourth year in the league. He was really good. We know what he did at Clemson. He was fantastic. I thought he was going to be a superstar in the NFL, and it looked like he was going to be, but. He just hasn't been the same player. It doesn't mean he can't be. Yeah. It doesn't mean he can't be, but that you're right. Financially, you nailed it. If this was like, okay, he signed for three more years and it's guaranteed, but it's, give me a number, $25 million a year. Sounds and a lot better. His base salary is not 67 but or 63 but that's his cap hit. $46 million is his base salary for each of the next three years. $46 million, but then because of bonuses and whatnot, the cap hit is 63 Point nine million yeah. each of the next three years. So I think you're right. I think financially it wouldn't make sense. Now, maybe you could say, well, the Giants are overpaying for Daniel Jones, so maybe you know, but that's for one year, not three. Correct. That that's I don't know. that no, I'm with you, Bids. Look, the beauty of this show is we have a Browns fan that produces the yes, show. Sir. So C B, your thoughts on what you just heard from Mike Tannenbaum. Is that something you heard as a Browns fan that made you go? You know what? That's not a bad idea. Are you in Bart Scott's camp? But you heard him in the background asking Mike, "What's in your coffee?" Well, I mean, even in a vacuum, it just doesn't make any sense if you're doing the player plus the second round pick for Daniel Jones. But you're not even considering the fact that there would be if it was done before June first, sixty two million dollars in dead cap mm. with the trade. So it just it doesn't make sense for really either side. No, I'm with you, CB. I think Deshaun's going to be the guy unless something unforeseen like. This happens, and look, I understand on shows like Get Up, you got to throw out, you know, creative and wacky takes to get people engaged. I understand that, but maybe Mike T, he does believe that. Maybe he does, and I know there are some people, and I'm going to emphasize the word some, that see Daniel Jones and maybe see more positives than a lot of us see. I will give him this. Last season was a mess. He only played in six games. But the year prior to that, when Brian Dayball did arrive as the Giants head coach, it was pretty good. I mean, you're talking 15 touchdowns, only five interceptions. But the one thing that I've always liked about him, Bids, is that that season in 2022, he ran for 700 yards. So that element, he can always provide. But, man, I think the Haslam's, I think at this point, if you're Kevin Stefanski, you went through an offseason with Deshaun last year. You want to do that again and continue to build off of that. And I know there's been some coaching changes, offensive coordinator stuff, and, and I understand that. But those guys are familiar, talking head coach and quarterback, and I always think that's going to be an important start. I think my intrigue when it comes to at least the Browns offense this offseason is what's up with Nick Chubb? How are they going to identify um, a nice plan for the running back position? Jerome Ford was was okay. He, he was okay in spots, but we know Nick Chubb is in that conversation as the best running back in the sport. So do they dip their toes into the free agent market? Is that something we see them do in the draft? And Bids, I think they need a little bit more juice at the wide receiver spot too outside of Amari Cooper. Yeah, I mean, looking at running back, um, it's interesting. If I mean, The good news with Nick Chubb is it happened so early in the season. Yeah. Second week of the season, is that right? Right around there. Was CB that was at the second game. week of the season that he got yeah, hurt. Yeah, it was that Monday night game yeah. at Pittsburgh. Yeah. So that's the good news. The bad news is, I mean, running backs coming off an injury like that, um, you know, it might take him a while to be back to 
you know, I assume he's going to be clear for the start of the season, but is he going to be Nick Chubb right away? I don't know. That will be interesting to see what they do because you could say, well, eventually we're going to have the Nick Chubb back, you know, at some point when Jerome Ford can hold the fort down until then. And maybe like you said, use like a late round pick on a running back, um, which you can find studs late in the, just ask the chiefs with uh, Pacheco in the seventh round. Right. And that's just one of many examples. And I agree with you at wide receiver. If they could add one more weapon, they don't need to go crazy. If they could just add one more weapon at right wide receiver, I think they're going to be in very good shape. Cause you're good with Coop. I'm good with Njoku. I think that finally came together this season the way, you know, I think some of us anticipated with him coming out of college because that dude is physically gifted. Like, he looks like that dude was, you know, what do they say, the Egyptian god or whatever. Like, that's what he looks like. And that dude had to go through some serious adversity this year and still found a way to come out on the other side and be very productive. This starts, to me, and ends with what happens with number four. That guy, he doesn't even need to be elite. He doesn't. If he is just right above average with what this offensive line has shown it can do and what that defense probably will provide again next year. This Browns team will absolutely be a force, and the AFC North is going to be just as crowded as it was this past season. we got a Buckeye Bulletin on deck. We've got some Ryan Day sound on the James Laurinaitis leveling up to linebacker coach, and we've also got some James Laurinaitis sound. You will hear from both men after the break. It's Rothman and Ice right here on the fan. We test marketed naming the show A Guy and His Butlers. Oh, that is very touching. But we thought Bishop and Friends had a better ring to it. Weekday mornings at 9. The fam. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rockman and Ice present Buckeye Bulletin. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Feeling the chill? Call the experts at Logan Services now for hot deals on train furnaces, including 0% APR for 60 months. All right, let's crank out a Buckeye Bulletin. You know, we mentioned earlier about the contract extensions over there for Ohio State amongst the coaching staff. We mentioned our guy James Laurinaitis being promoted to linebackers coach. CB, before we play this sound from Ryan Day, I want to give credit to who got this sound. This is from the... This is from 11 Warriors. Okay, this is from 11 Warriors, and here is Coach Day talking about having James on the staff. Well, first off, he knows Ohio State. He loves Ohio State. Uh, he has credibility with the players. He has credibility with recruits because he's done it. And not only did he do it, he did it at an unbelievable uh, level. He did it in the NFL. But, but I, I've been impressed with the way that uh, he's you know transitioned from being a player to a coach. But I think when you look at James, when you look at Brian, those guys were guys who you know maximize themselves on the field. And so, you know, as they you know, transition from being in the NFL to college. They use a lot of things they learned, especially in the, the latter years of their NFL career, to help guys on the field. And so uh, I've seen, you know, so many great things from him. Had an opportunity to see him on the road the last couple uh, weeks. Did an unbelievable job there. There's a lot of momentum. So we felt like it was the right move. Seems like everybody's on board. You and I talked about this, you know, a few segments ago, and there is the head honcho, the man in charge of this football program shining a light on why he made the move. And, uh, yeah, I would be very surprised if it doesn't click. Yeah, this, we see a lot of moves. We're like, oh, I didn't expect that. This is one where it's like this makes so much sense. A lot of people thought it would happen. 
Uh, then it was starting to think, well, may, well, it's kind of taken a while. Maybe it won't happen. But, uh, yeah, I, I love this. I love this as far as the on-field product. I love the the recruiting that he's going to do. And he's just, a, you know, as you mentioned when you brought this up initially, he's just a great guy, like genuinely a great man. And uh, love that James – we almost lost him, too. We did lose him for a year. He went – after leaving here the, from the fan, I thought the only way he'd leave the fan is for Ohio State. Then he left for Notre Dame. Now, him and Marcus Freeman are – this guy. are tight. Yeah. They, they, I think yeah. they were the best men in each other's wedding. I, fact, fact check me on that, but something like that. They were definitely in each other's wedding, and I was thinking, man, he's going to just crush it at Notre Dame. It took Ryan Day all of one year to be like, bring him back, baby. So, and now he's the linebacker coach, and he did. I, you know, I know that he led the linebacker room last year, but now it's official. I love it, Maddie. I absolutely love it. You, you and me both, man. You and me both. Another hire I think some folks are excited about is Chip Kelly. Now, Back in the fold with his guy, Ryan Day. Here is Coach Day talking to 11 Warriors on having Chip here. Chip and I obviously have a long history together, so you know, we see things the same way. And it's been exciting to get him uh, going here. And he's uh, got a lot of excitement walking around the building and meeting the guys, so it's been a great start. You know, one thing I, I can't wait to see is the tempo and pace that they play with because that was a thing that, you know, I remember at least when Chip Kelly was at Oregon that he would wear defenses out with, right, is the amount of plays that his units would rack up throughout the game and how that can weigh on a defense and that philosophy and Coach Day just blending all of these things that these guys want to accomplish and putting in one pot and seeing how it tastes. But specifically, how quickly is this offense going to play? I can't wait to see what that looks like, bitch. Yeah, and I think that's such a weapon. I know Coach Day's talked about, like, you know, tempo doesn't work quite as well as it did, like, even five years ago because defensive. But still, I mean, even if they've caught on a little bit, it still keeps them on their toes and, yeah. you know, makes it more of like a fire drill. I love that. And you're right. I mean, I remember uh, Jim Trestle talking about that going to the Rose Bowl when the Buckeyes faced Chip Kelly in Oregon that 2009 season. It's like, we've got to keep the ball. We've got to limit their possessions because we don't need our defense getting winded. Uh, and the Buckeyes won that game. But, um, yeah, I think I've seen a lot of people talk about the Chip Kelly hire. I think it's it's a home run hire. He, it's almost like Maddie. I know we talked about this yesterday too, but it's almost like when I see certain stories out there about Chip Kelly coming to Ohio State, it's almost like they're grading it on a he's coming here as the head coach scale. He's coming here as offensive coordinator. I mean, I really, really, really like the hire. I think we're going to look back on it as a home run, and I think. You know, there's no danger of him him being one and done. I think he's going to be here at least two years. He signed a three year contract. I think he's done being a head coach. He just wants to do what he loves doing, which is being an offensive coordinator. He's still going to be making two million dollars a year. I know he's taking a four million dollar pay cut, which sounds crazy, but also the cost of living in Columbus compared to L.A. Hello, but go. like he already has more money than he will ever know what to do with, and he's still making two million dollars a year, so he'll be okay. I think he's good to go, man. He's in his sixties. He's done this. He's done that. I think he just wants to be an O coordinator, and it's interesting because he is Ryan Day's mentor. Now you got uh, you know the mentor working for the mentee. It's interesting. Sometimes you know a head chef is okay sliding into the sous chef role. And that sous chef can still be very, very valuable to that restaurant and the food that comes out of the kitchen. And I think that can be Chip Kelly's role. You know, I've always liked to say on this show, because of all the weapons that uh, Coach Day and his coaching staff acquire on the recruiting trail, it's like he's got the Cheesecake Factory menu, right? There's just so many darn plays (laughs) on that play sheet that you can go to and probably have success. I think between the combination of both Kelly and Day and all the other offensive minds, that offense should be rolling. Let's go to James Laurinaitis, the man that has been promoted to linebacker. Coach CB, I believe this sound comes from... 
This is from Clay Hall. This is from Clay Hall, and here is James on when he heard that he got the gig. Oh, I got the word uh, really just yesterday morning, and um, you know there had been a kind of look. There's been a lot of uh, there's a lot of people that obviously want to work at Ohio State, so I'm grateful to be given the opportunity and to get to work. And uh, it was my dream to be a linebacker coach back at my alma mater, and uh, I'm just going to try to take advantage of it. And let's go to the next one. Here he is on what he brings to the staff. Well, I think there's just there's a standard that so many before us have set, and I think that when you come to Ohio State to play linebacker, you're expected to be the best in the world at what you do. And so that was that way when I showed up. Um, I was just a kid from Minnesota. I knew about A.J. Hawk, Bobby, and Anthony. I had no idea about all the greats that were before, you know, with, with Randy Gratishar, Tom Cousineau, yep. even uh, Marcus Merrick, who holds our career tackle record with 570-plus, which is incredible. Um, but it's about knowing who came before you and trying to uphold that standard, maybe even raise it, and uh, get the linebacker position to where it needs to be, which is the best in the country. By the way, he mentioned Randy Gratishar. Shout out to Randy. He gave us some time the morning after he was inducted in to the Hall of Fame. So if you missed that interview from when we were out in Vegas, wherever you get your podcast, type in Rothman and I just scroll back a few days and you will find that Randy interview. But that's another angle of it that I love is that the guy you just heard in James. Now I'm talking about can go into these living rooms and reference the history of that position and how much it means to play linebacker for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I love it. I love him bringing up names like Marcus Merrick, the all-time leading tackler. When I was a little kid, when I first got the sickness, that was Merrick's senior year. Um, I absolutely love it. Maybe uh, Gabe Powers is going to... We've been waiting for a number 36. I guess Brian Roll was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, But for a while, that was the number for Ohio State linebackers was 36. You know, with Merrick and Spielman and a few others. And uh, maybe that'll be Gabe Powers' local product from Marysville, who I'm I'm hearing good things about. Entering his third year, he'll be a third-year sophomore. I'm not saying he's going to be Chris Spielman or Marcus Merrick, but uh, (laughs) yeah, man, I, I, uh, as you said, there's so many reasons to love the James Laurinaitis promotion. That is today's Buckeye Bulletin. Top of the hour. After our update in the deep dive bids, we finally have odds from Bet365 for next season's MVP. Where does Joe Burrow stack up in this? Where does CJ Stroud stack up in this? And is there a sleeper that we like in the odds world when it comes to the MVP? We'll talk about all that next. It's Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan. We're the highest rated sports radio station in America. There's no joke there. We just are. The Fan, Ohio's sports destiny. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and I feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for A Deeper Dive. All right, welcome back into the program. Matty Ice, CB, per usual. We've enjoyed our time with Dave Biddle. He'll give us one more lap around the track before we get out of here for the weekend and hand the keys over to Common Man and T-Bone. They'll do their thing as they always do. 
Biz, I want to let you know, man, that at Bet365, they don't do ordinary. And what's not ordinary is they finally released the MVP odds for next season. We'll start with the leader in the clubhouse. I don't think it's going to be a surprise to many. You got a guy by the name of Patrick Mahomes leading the way at plus 650. I tease Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud. Joe Burrow, your guy, Joey B., he is third in line. At nine out, to I, one, I plus guess? nine. Oh, oh sorry, 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 my bad. No, 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 John, you're bad. I'm plus nine hundred. Okay, third best odds. Would you like to guess where CJ is? Is he fourth? He is not fourth. Is Allen second? Josh, Josh Allen, Allen is second. second at Burrow pl- third, mm-hmm. and then um, man, I'm, I'm no, I'm just glossing over somebody here. I'll say CJ is sixth. You have CJ Stroud. He is tied. For the fifth best odds with Justin yeah. Herbert at twelve to one, the fourth slot is the reigning MVP and Lamar at ten oh, how, I to knew one. I for, yeah, so you've got go. Pat Mahomes. How dare I in front of you? No, no, no it's, it's all good. El Freaky likes to lurk in the weeds anyway. That's just how he likes things. So I got Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar, and then you have Justin Herbert and C.J. Stroud tied for the fifth best odds at twelve to one. The value on C.J. right now is pretty good. It, it, it is pretty good. Part of me in my mind has to account for a little bit of maybe some sophomore slumpish stuff. Maybe not even specifically with CJ, but just they're a young team. But they did get the playoff thing out of the way. They went on the road and they lost the ball tomorrow in a tough environment. So I do like that they have that seasoning. The talent is the talent. And I think now, if I'm a Michael Pittman of the world or some of these free agent wide receivers out there, like it's not a bad place to go. It's not a bad place to go for Houston. So I think the value on CJ is really good. Would you like to throw a name out there that you think could be in the discussion next year? And I can tell you where their odds are. Hmm. Trying to think who else might be out there. Uh, Tua. Tua Tungavailoa, my friend, is at plus 2,000. So 20 to 1 for Tua. And he is sandwiched between Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott at 16 to 1. Interesting. Interesting. Deshaun, how how much of a long shot is is Deshaun Watson? He's got fifty to one. You nailed it. He is exactly fifty to one. He has the same (laughs) odds as Christian McCaffrey, Justin Fields, and Kyler Murray. Okay, I'll tell you what's jumping out to me and what I liked when I looked at these odds this morning is Aaron Rodgers at twenty five to one. And let me hit you with my case for Aaron Rodgers. I still think that the dude has really good football left in him. Maybe not MVP level, the way we saw him leave Green Bay where he racked up a couple MVPs and kept Jordan Love on ice. And look, they're okay with Jordan Love because that looks like an absolute home run pick. And Vegas thinks highly of him. He's right behind C.J. Stroud at 14-1 to to win the MVP next year. But as far as value goes right now, here's why I like Aaron Rodgers. I just told you I believe in the talent. And I, I thoroughly believe when you have humans voting on these things that the narrative part of a story can really matter when you get high-level productivity to come along with that. And I think because of the unfortunate situation that we had last year with Aaron Rodgers, and that was at a Monday night game, I believe, and a handful of plays, and he pops his Achilles, that's going to weigh on people if he is very good, which I think he will be. So you've got the narrative part of it. He's going to have four games where he will be going head-to-head with two guys that are 
in the mix for MVP and two and Josh Allen in his own division. He'll probably have another showcase game with whoever the New England Patriots draft at quarterback. So I'm sure they're going to want to get that rookie on national TV with Aaron Rodgers. And if they mess around and trade for Devontae Adams, which is out there, that I think the value right now for Aaron Rodgers at 25 to 1, I really like. You made a great case there. I mean, seriously. I mean, look at the numbers that Garrett Wilson has put up with just direct at quarterback. Let's say they do get Devontae Adams, and then you have Garrett Wilson, and he has Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball, and you can't spend too much attention on him because you got Devontae Adams out there. Oh, boy. Crazy, right? And they've got Brees Hall in the background. So yes. that's what I like right now. I'm going to sprinkle a little coin on Aaron Rodgers at 25-1 to 1 because it's never ordinary at Bet365. Sign up. At oh.bet365.com, 21 plus only, must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Isn't it crazy how these Buckeye Rod receivers just get into the league and get busy for the most part? I mean, <laughs> yes. think about what we've seen from Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. You're talking about Garrett Wilson, what he won Offensive Rookie of the Year. That was obviously without Aaron Rodgers. This season, you take away Aaron Rodgers from him, and he still goes out and gets to that 1,000-yard clip down in New Orleans. The inconsistent play at quarterback for Chris Olave has not been a factor whatsoever. Derek Carr wasn't, wasn't that good to me. And this is the selling point. And this is why when we, you know, you talk, we talked a lot today about James Laurinaitis and what we think he's going to be able to do as now the linebacker coach. You did a great job of bringing up the former players that are on the staff. And one of those guys is Brian Hartline. And the list just continues to go on and on. And there are guys that are on deck right now that are ready to pop. We know what Emeka is when he's right. That's an all Big Ten, all American caliber player. But now you've got the Carnell Tates of the world, the Brandon Ennis's of the world, Jeremiah Smith, these guys that are ready to pop under Brian Hartline's watch and just this this train of talent, that position that comes into Columbus, leaves Columbus, and goes on to the NFL is just wild, man. It really is. I mean, and it's just been hit. After hit, after hit. It'd be one thing I was like, yeah, they've got like, it's been really good. I mean, that one guy was a bust from Ohio State first round, but you know, all the other ones hit. Like, no, all of them hit. All of them. And I think, <laughs> I thought Jackson Smith and Jigba would have a, a better statistical year than he did, but he had a really good year. They just didn't throw him the ball very much. He had a little minor injury that, you know, delayed his season. But when he was out there, I mean, he made a couple of unbelievable catches. Not unbelievable to us. We're, we're used to that. My point is, I think he's going to end up being an absolute stud. Yeah. I mean, he had a solid rookie year, but just wasn't on the level of guys like Garrett Wilson and you know Chris Olave, and then you know what we saw from uh, um, Michael Thomas when he came out. He wasn't a first round pick, but he was a second round pick. Should have been a first round pick, and had the best start in NFL history for a wide receiver to their career through the first four years. Obviously, injuries have you know affected him since then, but at least he got that second contract mm -hmm. before all that happened. So happy for Cant Guard Mike. So you're right. It's just and even going back in the day, you know, with uh, you know Chris Carter and and Joey Galloway. I mean, Ohio State has a rich history of wide receivers, but it's never been like this. It's absolutely insane. And who's going to be the top non quarterback off the board this year in the draft? Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, it's just it's crazy what Brian Hartline's done over there. You mentioned Marvin. I'm glad you brought him up because. I uh, I think he's going to have a chance to break a pretty significant record in the NFL as a rookie. I think he may break the touchdown record for rookies next year 
in the NFL. Randy Moss has the most in a season. 1998, it was 17. Your boy, Jamar Chase, is tied for second with 13. Because of Marvin's, obviously, route running and all those things, like he's going to hit the ground running, but his frame... I think can make him an immediate red zone threat, whether that's going to be Kyler Murray, whoever he's going to be catching passes from next year. And especially if it's Kyler, I think he has a real chance to get after this record because he's just going to be dunking on dudes, boxing guys out, jumping over him, doing whatever he wants to do. Like I think his transition into the league is going to be so smooth. I would be shocked. If it goes the other way, because these guys will tell you whether it's the Olaves, the Jackson Smith and Jigbas of the world that, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a one-of-one one type of guy. And when in the same way you were around those guys a few years ago where Garrett and Chris were saying, Jackson, this dude, this dude is different. This guy is special. The way that they talk about Marvin, I just he's going to hit the ground running. I, I, I wanted to look this up the other day, and I'm glad you brought up his name because it rang a bell. I think he's going to get after that Randy Moss all-time rookie wide receiver touchdown record in a single season. I like it. I do wish he had a better quarterback throwing him the ball, but but I like it. And um, yeah, I mean he. And another thing about Marvin is he, to me now taking like some super serious injury out of the equation. To me, he's bust proof. You know, and I don't use that lightly. But you're right because he's okay. Everything we know about him as far as his size and his ability on the field. But what else is he? He's a super hard worker. We'd be out there for interviews. Um, well before practice would start. Who's out there working on the jugs machine? Marvin. Who's staying after practice then getting extra work in? Marvin. Who is an absolute like humble young man, great young man? Marvin. And he would have every reason to be pretty darn cocky, right? His yeah. dad, last time I checked, is pretty famous, yeah. was pretty good at the sport. And then even if he came in kind of like humble, you know, he became a superstar himself at Ohio State. Never really changed though. Um, you know, has a little, you had a little more flash towards the end. There's nothing wrong with that though, but he, as a person, he never changed. So I think if you're an NFL team, now wide receiver is one of those positions where you can be a diva and it'd be all good, but but he's not. No. And, you know, so I think this is why everybody's projecting him fourth overall in the number one non-quarterback off the board. I've even seen some people say he could be a go number three. You know, maybe only there will just be two quarterbacks go one and two. I don't know. Most people think he's going to go fourth. The point is, I'm with you, man. Such a high floor. An amazingly high floor, but also a high ceiling. That's yeah. what's so great about Marvin. I, I I was saying in you know previous weeks that if the Bears were in the headspace of we're keeping Justin Fields, I take Marvin number one. That's how good I think he could be. Now, unless a team like wants to trade their like the number it. three pick for number one. Sorry, I'm sorry. Is that no, you, you're yeah. fine because that yeah. that you're thinking logically. I'm basing mine off of emotion and just how great the guy is going to be. But it wouldn't hurt me. I think as an owner, if we say we took Marvin Harrison Jr. with the first overall pick, if you trade to like, if let's say the Patriots really wanted Caleb Williams or something, and and then you know whatever the commanders wanted a quarterback and you could get Marvin Harrison number three, if you're the bears and then get a haul. I don't know how much of a haul you'd get for somebody trading up two picks, but you know how it works. I mean, even in the first round, middle of the first round, if you're trading up two picks, you're giving up something valuable. If you're trading up for the number one overall pick, even if you're going from three to one, you're going to have to give up a decent amount. That would be just like the dream for the bears. If again, if they're keeping fields, which I tell you what the consensus is, they're not, but as we talked about yesterday, Maddie, they better be damn sure that Caleb Williams is a sure thing if they let Justin Fields go and they trade him, let's say, the Steelers, and he ends up being a good quarterback Ooh. for the Steelers and Caleb Williams ends up being a bust. Oh, oh man. I would not want oh, to be man. the general manager right now of the Chicago Bears. It's it's, it's a pressure-packed situation because of exactly what you said. If you let 
what is the most valuable position leave and that guy turns out to be a stud and your guy turns out to just be eh you're done you're done because that is uh I'm assuming for a lot of owners, that would be an unforgivable thing to do. But you're right. I think uh, we're looking for a new home for Justin Fields here in about, you know, a couple months or whenever the draft is. When we come back, I got another quarterback that's in that MVP conversation over at Bet365. I want to throw at you. And looks like one NFL reporter is throwing out a potential landing spot. For what some people are saying is the best quarterback that's going to be available in the free agent market. We'll talk about both those next. It's Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan. Timmy Hall hosts Buckeye Roundtable. A special look inside the world of Ohio State Athletics. And a special look inside Timmy's neckbeard. Monday at 6. The fan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rockman and Ice present Free Snap Reads. Sponsored by the Low T Center. Reinventing men's health care. All right, welcome back in. Matty Ice, Dave Biddle, with you today, bottom of the hour. We'll talk all things NBA with Keith Smith, who will get you ready for All-Star Weekend. His thoughts on the Cavs as the Cavs finish the first half of the season bids as the uh, two-seed in the Eastern Conference. So, very good stuff from them. Let me hit you with this update, and this is coming from Ari Maroff. He, many of you may follow him if you're an NFL fan on Twitter, at MySportsUpdate. He does some good work over there for the 33rd team. He threw this out there a few hours ago, that when it comes to Kirk Cousins, not only is it the Minnesota Vikings, but it looks like there's a decent amount of interest coming from the Atlanta Falcons. He's saying, quote, I think it's the Vikings or the Falcons for Kirk Cousins. He followed that information up with the Falcons are very interesting. Kirk Cousins' wife is from Atlanta, and he's mentioned in the past that he likes playing in dome stadiums. They would make sense if Minnesota can't bring him back. If I'm Kirk Cousins, that's a great place to be because you're a man that is recovering from an Achilles injury, And you've got two suitors, at least according to one NFL reporter, that are trying to acquire your services. And then when you zoom out from that and zoom in on the talent on both teams, we know up in Minnesota what he's got. It's your guy and it's Justin Jefferson for a lot of people right now that are absolutely the best wide receiver in the league. And so now when you look at Atlanta side of things, it's Drake London. It's B. John Robinson. It's Kyle Pitts. Now, they're young, but there's talent on both sides. And if the dome thing is a major factor for him, then uh, I could see Kirk Cousins being interested in this. It's just going to come down to the price. And once again, he's going to be paid handsomely no matter what he does. Man, he's made a ton of money. Good for him. Um, yeah, that, that that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, and who knows? Maybe a third team will get involved. But, uh, you know, and... I'm not sure what the Vikings would do if they lose him. Um, do you? I mean, I don't know where you pivot there at that point. But um, 
will be interesting to follow. Kirk Cousins keeps proving people wrong. I know we obviously had, as you mentioned, the Achilles injury last year, but uh, I think people, you know, kind of write him off. And he's been a consistent, what, top 12 quarterback throughout his career in the NFL? You know, and that's that's not elite, but it's hard to find a top 12 NFL quarterback. No question. (laughs) And uh, he he has the longevity as well. The thing that hurt him for a while, he couldn't escape that dark cloud in the form of those primetime games, right? When people saw him on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, they always threw up the graphic of Kirk Cousins is, you know, one in five or whatever in primetime games. So when his name comes up, I think that's where a lot of people's mind goes. And it doesn't go to the amount of yards that he does rack up as a quarterback. Now, does it equate to wins all the time? Probably not, but what he's been able to do, I think, throughout his career, whether it was leaving Washington, essentially betting on himself, or doing all those things, that you light out, man. The dude's made a lot of money. He's a he's right there in that second tier of guys, right? I think in the NFL, the Dax of the world and Jared Goffs of the world and, and those type of guys. And you can win a lot of football games with those guys at quarterback. So it's going to be interesting. But I think you brought up a good angle of this is that if Minnesota doesn't get Kirk Cousins, what road do they go down? It's not like they've had they have this young quarterback that they drafted in the first round that they've been molding. I mean, your options then go to the Jimmy G's, the Baker Mayfields of the world, and those are some of the other free agent quarterbacks that are available. I mentioned going into break, I had another quarterback in the on the MVP scale when it comes to the odds at Bet365 that I like as far as value. I hit you with Aaron Rodgers at 25 to 1. There's another quarterback that has those exact same odds at 25 to 1. And it's Matt Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford, with what they built this year and what they're going to run it back with next season, I think numbers-wise, he's going to be amongst the elites when we talk passing yards and all of those things next season. Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Kyron Williams is a stud at running back. I think they're going to be really good next year. And we've talked a lot about the NFC and how it's not as crowded as far as elite teams, at least for now on paper and I think they will be amongst the elite so I like Stafford's value at 25 to 1 too I am high on the Rams as well which makes me high on Stafford next year I think you know Puka Nakua is an absolute superstar not going to be he is a superstar like he he's got it all he's he's tough as nails he catches everything you know he's got good size that was an absolute steal in the fifth round I believe what a pick and now if you if you have a healthy Cooper Cup to pair with Nakua and Stafford's healthy and Kyron Williams has established himself as a really good running back. You know, McVay can coach his butt off. Last time I checked, they got a pretty good D tackle on the other side of the ball. Um, I think the Rams are going to be, you know, a a strong contender next year, Mm -hmm. strong contender next year. And who knows what happens with the San Francisco 49ers, right? There's, some smoke out there about, you know, Debo Samuels. He got part of their long-term plans. We know Brandon Ayuk, he is not happy right now, at least with the way things unfolded at the end of the season. So that NFC West, you got a new head coach and, you know, McDonald coming in, and he's a rookie head coach with a great defensive mind. I don't know where the Cardinals are headed with Gannon and Kyler Murray. So the Rams may be able to hit the ground running in that division and absolutely keep it rolling outside of the AFC North next year bids what division for you interests you the most as far as offseason storylines draft stuff like what division for you are you going to keep an eye on 
Oh, geez. I mean, see, I'm so focused on the AFC. I would have to go AFC West. I'm really curious. I sounds like the Chiefs are going to keep everybody they want. Uh, maybe not everybody. They've got a lot of unrestricted free agents. They can't keep everybody, but they'll keep Chris Jones, it sounds like. I bet he'll give them somewhat of a home ca- to home count discount. It'll still be tons of money. But um, so the Chiefs, what, what are the Chargers going to do? What's, yeah. what's Harbaugh going to do? Um, I tell you one thing that I would bet heavily he will do. They have the number five pick of the draft. And every time I see a mock draft that doesn't have them taking an offensive lineman there, I'm like, no, this, no, 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 no. Harbaugh will absolutely take an offensive lineman <laughs> yeah. fifth overall, as he should, in my opinion. You know, start building up that line. And they've got a couple good offensive linemen, even after, even though Corey Lindsley's had to retire. They have a couple good offensive linemen. Slater's there. Um, they got another guy they used in the first round. And you get one more in there, start building that offensive line. So the Chargers, I'm going to keep a close eye on. Um, I mean, probably, so probably the AFC West. What about you? That's a good answer. I am actually going to go with the NFC North because you've got this Detroit team that I don't think needs to do a, a, a ton of tweaking with the guys that they're returning. They kept Ben Johnson as their offensive coordinator. What type of leap can they make? Do they land a, a free agent or two that can really fortify what they have going on already? We mentioned Kirk Cousins. What does that look like? Do they retain him? And then obviously with the Bears, we're going to be talking a ton about first overall pick in Justin Fields. But then you get to that Packers team that it was second half of the year. You're like, wow, you talk about a bunch of young talent, a quarterback that seems to have things figured out. I know they didn't end the season the way they wanted with him making that mistake of throwing back into the middle of the field. But to me, the NFC North is interesting because to me, it's a lot of young talent. And you've got this Detroit team that I think has stamped themselves as the team right now. But this Green Bay team just got the experience they may have needed to, to turn things on its head in the NFC North. So I think there's a lot of interesting storylines, at least for me, happening on that side of things. I, I love it. I love it. And the Lions, man, hopefully they can have another good year. Hopefully, And I think they will. Uh, that doesn't look like a flash-in-the-pan team to me at all. I mean, they were uh, some bad breaks away from being in the Super Bowl. Uh, so I don't, I don't see the Lions taking a step back. And you're oh. right. And here's the thing about Jordan Love. I'd see a, I was completely wrong. I was thinking, like, oh, f- finally, you know, after 30 years of just, you know, unbelievably great quarterback play, the Packers are finally going to be due for, you know, quarterback who's maybe so-so. No, and he kind of did look like that early in the year, and then he looks really good. Yeah. He, and they're going to he's going to be I don't know if he's going to be on the level of Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. We're talking Hall of Famers, but I'll be surprised if he's not really good for a long time. Boy, Green Bay. And and what a position just to go 3 for 3 on. Jeez. It's like the uh like the Pittsburgh Steelers do with head coaches, but they just yeah. do it with quarterbacks. Those are your pre-snap reads for today. We got All-Star weekend. It's here, man. I'm excited about this. Keith Smith, he covers the NBA. He's going to join us next. It's Rothman and Ice right here on the fan. We aim to punch you in the face with as many games as we can. You're home of the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, Crew, and Browns. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The best bet on the radio. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back in. You know, we got the uh, we got NBA TV on up here right now, and it's like the rising stars are having some availability. So I think our guy Keith Smith 
is caught up with doing that right now. You know, you're on the grounds in India as a media member. You got a lot of stuff to do, man. You got a lot of stuff to do. So maybe we can catch up with Keith another time. Looks like Jay Nivey's up there uh, rocking out with his mom, who I believe is the head coach of the women's basketball team for Notre Dame. I believe oh, okay. I didn't know that. That is what she does. So we'll, we'll see what's up with Keith at another time. I wanted to bring this up because, you know, we talked a lot about the promotion for James Lornitis today, the contract extension for, you know, contract extensions for, you know, Coach Bailey, Coach Johnson, Coach Walton. It's just a uh, good vibes over there for Ohio State. But Bruce Feldman, who is a reporter in the college football world over at The Athletic, he caught up with a lot of, you know, a few assistant coaches around the sport about the Chip Kelly hire. And they hit him with some quotes just about, the issues that he can present to you as a defensive coordinator, defensive coach, whatever it is. And one of the quotes when it comes to how Kelly can create, excuse me, matchup problems is what gives you issues is that he's going to have a package of plays just for you. It's stuff that you haven't scouted. It's stuff that you haven't necessarily prepared for. He does a good job of taking whatever the quarterback's best at, and he's going to major in that. That last quote, is one of the most important quotes amongst a bunch of them just because of the marriage that has to happen fairly quickly with Will and Chip and with what those guys want to do. And obviously, you know how the game works. Chip's probably watched multiple Kansas State games already on Will Howard, and he has a pretty decent feel of what he wants to do. But as long as that trio, meaning Coach Day, Chip Kelly and Will can hit the ground running in the next few weeks and spring ball and all that stuff is not too far off in the distance. That's going to be an important piece of this thing. I think they're going to figure it out just fine. But as you know, bits how football work, those guys got to be on the same wavelength when it comes to, hey, the game action of Will, if need be, hey, this isn't working for me. Let's go to this or Chip can see something that Will may not see and all those intricate details that go into play calling and execution on Saturday. And Ryan Day didn't have a guy like that last year. He lost Ron I'm calling that's our joke on Bucknuts. Call him Ron Wilson. He lost Kevin Wilson, head coach to Tulsa, and yeah, Brian Cartland was promoted to offensive quarter. That was really OC and name only. He was missing a guy that you know could sit up in the box, and I didn't think they'd get somebody like Chip Kelly or even before that Bill O'Brien. But I thought after the season that he needs to find his new version of Kevin Wilson. Well, this is even better than that. I mean, Kevin Wilson was really good as a head coach at uh, Indiana, relatively speaking. Offensively, was yeah. good. And was a really good offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, at Northwestern, at Miami of Ohio. So, I really liked the Kevin Wilson hiring when they made it. Um, but, he, he, was, he missed that last year. And now he's got that. And again, for him to get Chip Kelly as offensive coordinator, to me, is a home run. And, and the offense is, is far from broken. Ryan Day's offense is still one of the best in college football. Four of the five years he's been here, with last year the only exception, they've been one of the elite offenses in college football. Now, granted, two of those years was Justin Fields and two of those years was C.J. Stroud, but I, you know, <laughs> but still, um, four of his five years they've had elite offenses, and I think the one thing that needed enhanced was some better run concepts. And what, as you said, Maddie, what is Chip Kelly known best for? His run concepts. So, not that he's uh, not that he's too shabby when it comes to, to designing passing plays either. But Ryan Day is elite in that category, and I think this is just again, I think this is a marriage made in heaven. We shall see the, you know, we'll find out for sure this fall. I mean, they're, they're pu- pushing all their chips middle of the table. And uh, I'm never a national championship or bus guy in college football, Maddie. But yeah. I might break my own rule this year because it just feels like it kind of is this year for Ohio State. I mean, when you look at the entire roster and you go unit by unit 
there aren't a lot of question marks that pop up for me. You've been mentioning one, I think, and it's a good one, is just exactly what we're getting at linebacker. Those guys, what level of play can they reach? And for me, it's just on offense, the collective unit on the line. I mean, that's really it because everything else that I look at, I'm like, that can either be really good or that has a chance to be elite. And that's what we're dealing with. So I think that type of pressure is always kind of hovering over this program. I think sometimes the national championship or bust thing can get a little out of whack just because when you get to that final four or this year, when we expand to 12, but specifically those last couple of games, that's when you're, you're looking at another program kind of eye to eye when it comes to talent, right? And, and in those type of games, as we saw in the Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers, it can be a fumble. It can be a pass going off a dude's helmet that lands in, you know, in a defender's gut or whatever it may be. So when it comes to those games, I always like to say for Ohio State and, you know, the Georgias of the world, get in the mix. And what the mix is, you're, you're eight quarters away, you're four quarters away from winning a national championship. And when you do get to those games, sometimes you can't just lay down the trump card of hey we're ohio state we should beat anybody i just don't think it works like that exactly right and uh, you know i think you just look at this team is it perfect no it feels like they're one offensive lineman away from where they would want to be and maybe they'll get that one offensive lineman if they, they as you said they need to answer some questions at linebacker but like overall this roster is stacked and they can withstand some injuries because they, it's not just their frontline starters are stacked. They have incredible depth at most positions. Um, and, and the coaching staff that Ryan Day has put together, this is, this is a fantastic coaching staff that he's put together. So yeah, man, I mean, I think I am going to break my own rule. I'm a national championship or bus guy this year. I really am. Bits, I haven't gotten your take on Quinchon Junkins. I think you and I are on the same page that the run game will be in good hands, whether it's Dallin Travion and obviously Quinchon. But when that news came down, what did you find out about him as a player? And what do you like about what do you think he's going to be able to bring to the table? I was surprised that he was transferring from Ole Miss because he had such two great seasons. He's actually better as a true freshman than he was this past year as a sophomore, but still really, really good. And, um, you know, maybe you know, he, there was some, there was some talk, maybe, you know, he uh, didn't get along with some of his teammates, but that's not necessarily his fault. Mm-hmm. So if, and I don't even know if there's truth to that, but from an Ohio state perspective, I watched this kid run, man, he looks like an NFL running back to me. And that's another reason I was kind of surprised. I was like, he only has one year of college left. I'd have to think. And then we got a chance to meet him and a great young man. People were saying like character, character concerns. He either is a really good actor. That's BS because he came across like a really good young man, said all the right things. And it's almost too good to be true that you get Judkins. I was thinking, oh, if they get Judkins, when the, the, the talk was out there, Maddie, that they might get Judkins, I was thinking, well, if they get him, then Trey's going to go pro. Or, you know, it, they're not going to have both of them. Mm-hmm. For them to get Judkins and to have Travion Henderson, that's huge because Travion went healthy is electric, but durability is a concern. And there's been no concerns about durability with Judkins. And if I had to and this is nothing against Trey. It's just, if I had to pick who's going to lead this team in rushing, it's Judkins because of durability. You mentioned Travion. When we were out in Vegas, and I'm sure you heard the same thing, you may have been at the media availability. If I'm remembering correctly, Coach Day did approach Travion with the thought of uh, acquiring Quinchon Junkins. And I think that's a great thing to do, especially in this era where these guys have options just to say, oh, you know what, I don't like it, I'm leaving. Not that these guys should be the end-all, be-all decision-makers, 
But I think that was a great thing to do for Coach Day to put it in his ear that, hey, man, I just want to be upfront and honest with you, that Coach Alford and I see an opportunity to add to our roster, but specifically within this room, we want to make you aware of that. And I'm sure there was a little bit of what do you think. Obviously, they were going to let him make the decision, but I think that can ease things, right? And not just Travion woke up one day and got on Twitter and saw Ohio State acquired Quinson Junkins. He was aware of it, and it seemed just from everything I heard that he's embracing this because those two guys may be looking at this year and saying, we can both get ours. The season's longer now because of this 12-game playoff. There's extra things that are going to be on our plate. It's always a grind to play in this conference already. That's been historically a tough physical conference for years and years and years. But the long-term play of preserving our body, not only for this year, but for the NFL, right? And maybe those at less, you know, the, the, the 30 less carries or the 40 less carries that we may get may benefit us at the end of the road or in the NFL. So that was an important thing for me to hear this offseason is that emotionally, it seems like everybody's okay with what is going to happen. Because let's face it, when you're Travion Henderson, you're looking around, I've been here for a while. Like, this is my room. You know what I'm saying? I'm a stud myself. So that that seems like something we're not going to have to worry about, Biz, and I think that's a good place to be. Definitely, and I'm, I'm with you. I like that the coaches are going to the players. You could be like this hard bleep coach. It's like, I'm not going to check in with my players. Like, you know, you don't want to be disrespectful and have one of your starters learn, as you said, like on Twitter or some other way that they're bringing in this stud running back. Go to them, talk to them about it. And they knew this going in, but Travion's always talked about how he doesn't need too much wear and tear on his tires, just like you said. I mean, the shelf life is so short for running backs, and he always talked about, you know, when we asked him about Mayan, he loves having Mayan around as like, you know, the number two or whatever. You know, he came in with Evan Pryor. You know, there was Chip Traynham. Well, guess who's all gone now? Mayan's trying his hand at, at the NFL. Evan Pryor transferred. Chip transferred. So I think that's another reason Travion's cool with it. It's like, you know, it was getting a little barren there. You got, you know, you still have Dallin Hayden. Um, I think James Peoples is going to be a good one. I don't know how much he's going to play as a true freshman, but I think that was a great get. I love that he's from Texas playing against top competition. And then bringing in Judkins, and for both of them, like you said, for Judkins to say he likes having both of them. They didn't know each other necessarily before this, but they have known of each other and have communicated yeah. over social media like Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. And for Travion, we haven't talked to him yet, but it sounds like from talking to the coaches and his teammates, Travion, as Coach Day said, is all about this as well. So um, best of both worlds, man. You're getting two stud running backs, but but it's not like like they're upset about you know no you never know what happens when the season starts Correct. if one guy's getting like 20 totes <laughs> right. and the other guy's getting five yeah okay but so far so good it sounds like you know they're on the same page they're glad they have each other it can benefit both of them and at the end of the day if it benefits both of them it's going to benefit the team and this team that i think we're going to be talking about all fall should be a special one we'll hit the finish line of the show next we'll tell the truth it's rothman and ice right here on the fan the Big Nine was a sad, incomplete place. Enter Ohio State. The rest is history. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Tell the truth with Rothman and Ice. All right, CB, it's your time to shine, big dog. What do you got? All right, so every time around this time of year, 
Uh, I, I like to ask you guys kind of what would it take for you to move away from the field in terms of the NCAA, NCAA tournament uh, in terms of how many teams I would give you. How many teams do I have to give you, tell the truth, would it take for you to not take the field in the tournament this year? Oh, boy. How many teams? Wow, that's a good question. Because the field to me this year, Bid, I don't know what you think. I don't really trust that many teams like I like UConn I I like Purdue but I don't love anybody and I know over the last couple of seasons I've really loved teams is there a team that you really think that you would stamp and say give me them versus the field them versus the field anybody jumping out for you I don't trust Purdue at all and I hope I'm wrong I'll be kind of rooting for them like I I love for the Big Ten to end its streak of no national championships and Purdue they can't even get to a final four Um, heck last year they couldn't get to the round of 32 Um, (laughs) you'd have to give me at least all the one and two seeds maybe all the one two and three seeds yeah. I'll tell you, you have to give me you have to give me all the ones and all the two. So I'll say eight. You have to give me the top eight teams. So the top eight teams right now is UConn, Purdue, Houston, Marquette, Arizona, Kansas, North Carolina, and Tennessee. You would take those eight teams. I think I need to roll with you on this. And maybe you have to give eight. me a couple more if we're really being serious about betting. That's Seriously, what I'm I mean, saying. It'd be a lot. Have to give, you have to give me at least eight. Let's go. We yeah, eight or ten, something like that. Eight. Let's go. Yeah, with eight. let's go with eight to ten. I, I like where bids cooked up right there, CB. I, I'm in that window as well. That makes me feel pretty good. Just find out right now. Today is true. All right. Which Ohio State running back will have the most rushing yards in 2024? Will it be Judkins or will it be Henderson? Listen, CB's awesome. He even knows exactly if I'm coming into co-host. He he. I have my. Uh, temporary little office over there. It's not really an office. It's just a table that I sit at when I'm getting ready to co- coast the show. He had the show sheet there. He even had the topics for Tell the Truth. I looked at the show sheet, my friends. I didn't look at Tell the Truth, and I already gave my answer away. I'm getting with Judkins is going to lead the team in rushing. I love both of them, but durability has been a concern with Henderson. It has not been a concern with Judkins. Doesn't mean that couldn't change this year, but I'm, I'm getting with Judkins will lead the team in rushing. See, my mind goes to bids how evenly split the carries are. Because if the carries are going to be relatively close, let's say like in a 10 to 15-ish window with total carries, I'm going to go with Travion, and I'm going to roll with Travion because of his home run hitting ability. Travion, we know, has the juice. Not that Quinchon doesn't because Junkins is a very, very good running back. But Travion, we saw last year, he did a really good job of getting outside. They really you know, pushed a lot of the runs to the outside for him. I think he's great in space. So because of that, and I'm hoping that the carries will be pretty close when we get to the finish line in total, I'm going to go with Travion because he can break that 40, 50-yard run, in my opinion. So I'm going to roll with him. Why would you lie? Uh, the Daily Fan Poll is actually a really good one today. I think you could pick almost any of the answers, but it's sponsored by ER Auto Care Masters of Our Craft. The question is, what what was the biggest story in sports in Columbus this week? It Was was it the Holtman firing, the Yarmo firing, the Laronitis hiring, or the Ohio State women being ranked number two? In my opinion, this isn't that close. Now, watch the uh, be a complete barn burner of the actual poll. For me personally, it's definitely Holtman being fired. Okay, I mean, we knew he was going to be fired, but Ohio State basketball, to me, men's basketball is bigger in this town than the CBJ. Is that fair to say? Uh, Generally speaking, uh, Ohio State men's basketball, I think, is a bigger story. I don't know. I mean, 
this jacket fan base, they show up. They do. Like, but, I mean, been, the, the attendance has been really oh, good over there. You're totally right. And I know a lot of CBJ fans, and they're loyal like crazy. Like I, I, So I get that. Okay, I just feel like that was a bigger bigger story. Now, as far as Laurinaitis, not a big story because he was already on staff, and we kind of figured he'd get promoted. OSU women ranked number two is really cool. I'm sticking with Holtman is the biggest story yeah, this week. I, I think my mind goes to element of surprise when you talk Yarmo and, and Coach Holtman obviously it's been a struggle with the parties that they've been attached to but it did catch me by surprise I think the timing of Coach Holtman's firing so because of that I'm going to go and roll with you I think it's got to be Chris Holtman getting fired but I mean just this question is pretty loaded and it just peels back the layers of what we've dealt with this week. It's been a uh, an entertaining week for sure for us in the media business. Why you always lying? All right, I decided to look ahead towards the regional finals in the NCAA tournament and their locations, and I want to ask you this question. So tell the truth on it, uh, knowing that the locations are the Garden in Boston, Crypto dot com Arena in LA, uh, the Pistons Arena up in uh, Detroit and the Mavericks Arena down in Dallas. Knowing those four locations, tell the truth, which location would you rather play your regional final in? Ooh. Well, I'm not going to Boston. It's freezing cold over there right now. You may be dealing with a blizzard. You know, honestly, where my mind went, CB, is which city of these I believe has the best food. And I am going to go to L.A. because I've been to L.A. and I had some tremendous food in L.A. So I'd want to eat good out there and enjoy the sunshine bid so i'm going to crypto and i'm rocking out in los angeles i am also going to the former staples center just because of the history there with kobe and Shaq, yeah. all the titles that they won there yeah you're not that, that wasn't where they played with you know magic and all that but still where it's where you know Shaq and kobe did their thing and then kobe did his thing even after Shaq left you can still go um, to the forum the forum's still up it's still, still up it's still there it's right across from the the palace that is uh sofi right yeah I think they're they're both in Englewood. But yeah, I would, you know, for both uh, the weather at this time of year, at least in a couple weeks, and uh, just for the history of crypto, formerly Staples Center, I would pick that one. And the truth shall set you free! And, And let me say this, like, Arrowhead will always be Arrowhead Stadiums. Crypto.com will always be Staples, mm-hmm. the Staples Center. Heinz Field in Pittsburgh is always Heinz Field. Um, what did you guys, you went to pay, what are you guys in Cincinnati? Paul, yeah, it's always Paul Brown Stadium. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah. always going to stick with the OGs. That's where I'm That's at. That's damn right. That's where I'm at. Bids, I appreciate you. And I'm you, looking man. at a half empty bottle of Cavassier, which means that we are just about out of time. You're right about that. Bids, I appreciate you filling in for ARCB. Great job on the board doing your thing, folks. Thanks so much for your time. If you missed anything from throughout the week in today's show, wherever you get your podcast, type in Rothman and Ice. Have a fun, safe weekend. We'll be back on Monday. It's Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan. A lot of hosts have been on our airways in the past 30 years. Some good, some bad, some really bad. Anyway, sorry for that. The Fan. It's a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet Gambling from Co. 1 800 Gambler. Caitlin Clark for Iowa breaks the NCAA women's record for most career points. However, the Hawkeyes still look up at the Buckeyes in the Big Ten standings. The current women's national championship odds have South Carolina even money to win it all. Iowa plus 450 at Ohio State, 33 to 1 at ESPN Bet. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Good afternoon, I'm Paul Keel. Second round of the PGA's Genesis Invitational at Riviera in California. Luke List, the leader at nine under. Jason Day, a stroke behind him. And then two off the lead are Mackenzie Hughes, Tom Hoagie, Cam Davis, and Patrick Cantlay. Tiger Woods, the tournament host, just getting started with his round. He's at one over par. Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo had been suspended for two games by the NFL for violating the performance-enhancing substance policy. This in regard to a prescription not cleared by the league. The Raiders all along have been expected to release Garoppolo before a March salary bonus kicks in. A pair of juveniles have been charged with a variety of crimes in connection with the shootings of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl celebration earlier this week that left one person dead. Cincinnati Reds infielder Nabeli Marte expected to miss the team's first five spring training games because of a hamstring injury suffered in winter ball. Breaking sports news when it happens on the fan, Ohio sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.